Whereas if you're just sort of in the library and that happens, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it really, uh, it really takes Someone you. Someone just in the back going, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the UK Surf Show. We are your hosts. I'm Pete. And I'm Mitch. And on today's episode, we have an exciting chat. Super credible guys. Really smart, intellectual with Surf Sanctuary. A couple of guys based out in UK. And man, they've got so much going on. Yeah, this one kind of turned into a uh, therapy session for you, didn't it, as well? Uh, I had to lie down at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, no, but, really good chat. I didn't, I didn't know where it was going to go either, and it, it went all over the place, and it's really good. And you can see the sort of benefits of what they're doing, you know, that, that thing of, like, men's mental health and talking and how, how easy they are to talk to and how people that could go to that could get so much out of it absolutely and you know for me it's something i would love to be part of you know i would love to have that on my doorstep because i think what they're doing is you know if you're listening to this you will hear throughout it's actually such a good outlet and i don't just want to say for men in this specific instance it is for men which is quite unique in itself at the minute um, and, you know, and I guess for wives and girlfriends, it's a good way of getting rid of their fellas. <laughs> but I yeah. think it's fantastic. And the people that go to it get so much out of it. And and I think that's cool. Uh, and I really yeah. liked what, what we spoke about. Yeah. Proper fucking charges as well. Uh, yeah, as we discovered, you know, throughout, that, you know, we'd been surfing or I'd been surfing with uh, with Jamie at uh, a spot that will remain unnamed yeah. for legal reasons and yes. repercussions. But Life yeah, <laughs> absolute chargers, cribber surfers, and, and, you know, they've actually got a lot going on. It's not just they're surfing, they're taking people out and doing these, I mean, they call it Ocean Warrior course, but, you know, to simplify that, it's just surf comfortableness just being comfortable in the surf which again knowing the surroundings yeah and knowing the surroundings and i think that's not even something i've thought of before and i don't want to go too much into it because we'll hear but just the simplistic way and what they do with people to to get them over some of the fears the rational fears is cool It's, it's really good yeah, really good. Uh, yeah, before we get into this one, we should say sponsor of our show is, as you will now know, Adrenaline Athlete. And we have some discount codes for Adrenaline Athlete. If you fancy the annual membership program, you can get 50% off. And the codes are? If you want to get 50% off the annual membership, if you want to do the home edition, that is Surf Home 50, all uppercase. And if you want to get the gym version, that is all uppercase again, Surf Gym 50. 50. Yeah. And also, if you want 10% off anything from Surface Wetsuits, that's S R F A C E, that is UK Surf Show 22, and that will get you 10% off Surface Wetsuits. I always have to look at the Surface one because in my head, we've gone through this so many times, I can never remember if it's Surface, as in S U R, or if it's S R F, which is S R F Ace. Right, so here we go. Let's get into it. All right, yeah, so I'm Dom Moore, a surf school owner in UK, Surf Sanctuary, and I've been coaching surfing and involved in these sports since about 2003. Started at Watergate Bay, 
then got into kite surfing somewhere in kite schools, went through that journey, uh, then got into edit, editing magazines, kite surf magazine, then paddleboarding came along, got into that, started editing the paddleboarding magazine, and then dropped away from those sports a bit, and about nine years ago, decided I really needed to get back into coaching surfing, and that's when I set up Surf Sanctuary. So I've kind of got the, there's three things that people hate, which is surf school, kite surfing and stand up paddleboard and I've got all three of them and, <laughs> yeah. and now I've just recently hydrofoil so it's a full oh, you tech this you've got the flush yeah so this is the shortest interview we've done and uh, <laughs> 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 yeah and then uh, uh, so my name is Jamie Crossman I'm a production engineer by day and by evening and weekends um, I'm a surf instructor um also judo instructor as well spend as much time as i can in the water i've pretty much ticked most of the boxes dom has i think i've started wing foiling as well now which is pretty good yeah so most of my time is in the water to the disgust of my wife of course (laughs) as i'm sure you're all aware um but yeah i i just love being in the water and for me it's just been for my entire life since i was about three years old when when i first sort of got on a bodyboard it was my my escape whenever anything mm. kind of felt like i wanted a bit of time on my own which is yeah. quite often <laughs> yeah um it, it's just a place to go absolutely yeah, yeah. Uh, and i'm really chuffed having that we've just literally established that both of us were surfing a very quiet spot together yeah. today you're a judo instructor and at no point did i call you out on anything so <laughs> <laughs> that would have been awkward oh it's him <laughs> imagine that that could have been this could have been the most awkward interview ever if you, you two had, had a massive fallout in the water <laughs> yeah it, would made, it probably would have been my fault <laughs> it would have made great content though <laughs> Yeah, so you started the surf school, sorry, how many years ago? Oh, so 2014. 2014. That's when I met Jamie, so Mm. it's at the Headland Hotel, and Jamie was duty manager there at the time, Yeah, and I was sat in the office, and he came down, he goes, oh, I also surf, I was like, oh, really? He's like, well, I was just going to solo, and then I realised he really does surf, Yeah, and and, and that was it, and it's it's been downhill ever since. Yeah, Yeah. so so what do you offer at the school? Uh, We do, we're principally a surf school. Yep. So 90% of what we do is surfing and then the rest of it is made up by co-steering, paddleboarding and yeah, the ocean, ocean confidence courses, which yeah. have run for a long time. So yeah, that's one of the main ones I wanted to pick up on yeah. really is the ocean confidence courses. What do they involve? And well, that's, we, we try and bring elements of that into all our lessons anyway. Uh, so one of, the, one of the philosophies we have, if you like, that underpins a lot of what we do is is making people confident or comfortable in the water. Yeah. You know, so often it's a psychological barrier, I think. I don't think you need to be ultra fit to be good mm. at surfing. You need to have a base level of fitness. It yeah. doesn't need to be excellent. Yeah. And I think as a lot of people, there's nothing wrong with prioritizing fitness. And I think that, I think some people, you know, they, 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 they're really, really training super hard. When a lot of it, I think, is down to mind mapping what's going on, having this sort of top-down perspective of where you are the whole time, understanding the environment so you can actually move around it without really using many calories yeah. rather than having to be like ultra-fit. So, so our lessons are all private lessons. 
we do a we do a group lesson, but it's just for kids and it's really small. And most of the people that mm. surf with us, they're return customers as well. Yeah. So we've got them all on their little. You know, some of them started in 2014 and they're yeah. now 70 years old and they're still surfing with us. Yeah. Some of them started as kids and now they're working with mm. us. And we've got kids that started at the four now they're 10 years old. And then some people are just going to surf for eight months in their life and never do it again. And they're with us the whole eight months. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got all these little timelines starting at different times. People coming online and dropping off online. So there's this sort of rolling collective that's with us and then uh, it moving at an even slower turnover are the coaches who've been with us for a really long time yeah so everybody knows everyone uh, you can swap between lessons between coaches and the handover is very natural and organic uh, and it I, I think we develop surfers in a really nice way and you know everyone's very comfortable coming to surf with us they're they're really enjoying it yeah uh, and you know, and and some of them are turning out to be quite good yeah yeah, I find the ocean confidence piece um, so relatable. I, I wouldn't say I've surfed that long, nine years. Mm. So next yeah. year means I've surfed 10 years, which means I'm able to surf, as I keep being told, 10 yeah, years. 10 years. Even Steve, Steve yeah. told me that as well earlier. Yeah. So you, just, you, know, you don't have to tell people that, that was the case. That. So next year I can do an air. I think that's basically what's happening. But I can solely relate or wholly relate to... Surfing doesn't come easy to me. I'm a lifeguard, I'm a surf coach. But being in the water is so unnatural, even still now to me. And the biggest thing was always about, uh, what I used to think it was, was a fear of drowning or big waves. But actually, I realized not too long ago, there was nothing to do with the size of the wave. It was the fear of not being able to hold my breath. That's what it was, knowing that I don't have a huge breath, breath hold in me. And I've worked with a company for a few years called Aerofit. I don't know if you've come across them at all. Um, and it, it has changed my ability so much in the, that it's given me that confidence in myself, knowing that actually I can hold my breath longer than I think I can. And I never do panic because I understand what's going on a little bit more. So if I, and I call it an irrational fear because nothing ever happens. It's never gone that badly, even when it's gone badly. I've always come back. So it is irrational. It's just in my own headspace. So if I came to you to do some ocean confidence stuff with that that I've just told you, where would we sort of go from there and what would you offer? Well, that's what you've hit there is fundamental to it. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> one of the things we say to people is, listen, if we, if we could had gills, we knew we weren't going to drown, would you have anything to fear? There's nothing to fear. So if drowning or, or lack of you know, breath or whatever, or that uncom- more like the uncomfortable thrashing you get yeah. is, is really the big fear factor, I think, more than like the body slam, mm. you know, for where we are. So you can do uh, some breathing exercises, as you know, which can demonstrate to people really quickly that they can improve their breath hold. Yeah. So you can take somebody, uh, you know, and you can, you can bring them up to holding their breath for four and a half minutes in a pool under the right conditions in one day. Yeah. So there's no physiological change or no, you know, that's really psychological. Well, that's neurological, I suppose. Yeah. And then when you show people that, they're like, oh, stunned. And I think that's a huge anxiety reducer. So you can start from that. And then it would be, for someone like yourself, and it would be specific really to what you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the crib is a great wave to deconstruct. We wouldn't necessarily go out there when it's day pumping. one, right? We're going to get your paddle out here. <laughs> Sink or swim, fella. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's a sort of campaign wave where, you know, you want to surf it. And it's not like, right, it's, it's Monday. I think it's going to break on Wednesday. I think I should be able to do this. It's probably you're going to want to surf it in maybe six months' time. Yeah. So then you're going to be looking at the three components. This is the easiest way to break it down of knowledge, technique, and physical fitness mm-hmm. for the job. Uh, and then seeing how full your pots are in each of those 
those components uh, and also what the demands of the wave are okay. so crib is a great one to explain paul flevin's another great one to explain because they're really they're similar in a way but they're kind of different and yeah. cribber requires like a lot of low level plodding stamina you don't have to be a sprint paddler you just got to slog out there like an old dog get out there and just be able to slog and paddle for about three hours mm. and that's it and all the way around and, and also be able to swim back without your board if that happens so you don't really need to be particularly quick. You just need to be able to paddle for a long time. So you can build that up by just doing lots of swimming, lots of paddling and get a bit more vascularization in your shoulders and a bit more blood delivery there in the same way that like a runner would do. You know, you don't, you, you, you're not naturally able to run long distances. It comes from years and years and years when you get all those extra capillaries in the muscles. So you can work on that uh, the specific fitness for it. Then you're going to be looking at the technique. What are the techniques? Well, paddling is obviously one. Uh, and then a really solid takeoff and a clean pop with lots of weight on the front foot with a nice low stance. That's, that's about it. And then you're going to be looking at the techniques of perhaps ditching your board the right, right way around. So mm. parallel to the lip of the wave so it doesn't snap. Maybe swimming down, a bit of equalizing, whatever. There's not a lot. You don't want tons and tons of stuff to remember. It's yeah. two, two or three things. And then you're going to be looking at the knowledge. Which way is the current going when the tide's flowing this way or when it's flowing that way? Where do you paddle out from? Where do you get into if it all goes wrong? What do you do if it all goes wrong? Uh, you know having this uh, you know having the lineup spots perhaps do you need yeah. those where it actually breaks so th- th- that you could be doing like a desktop survey almost yeah you could be looking at uh, c charts you could be looking at video footage a lot of stuff you could learn in a classroom yeah. so we would we would sort of set you on a journey specific like that and <clears throat> once you've learned those things and that's then you've got sideways transferable skills mm-hmm. so then if you're going to go say to morocco and you want to go and surf one of those point breaks when it's absolutely massive you'll know how to start deconstructing the currents, whatever, setting up your, your exit route, which is probably going to be a mile down the coast because it would be out there when yeah. it's really going off, rather than starting from scratch each time. So okay. would that also then transfer, those skills would obviously transfer to like your local beach break and you'd have the same, once you've learned those skills, you'd have the same things going through your head when you go to your local beach break and go, all oh, right, hmm. which I suppose is makes sense that would build more confidence because you know what you're doing yeah Yeah. it would yep so part of the process as well you know we've got this desktop survey and of course then you can apply that to any beach you go into Mm -hmm. and any sport and any sport you're doing yeah and then we we like to use this thing called stress inoculation i'll I'll let jamie jump in in a minute (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you're already left fine job fine job (laughs) (laughs) So with the stress inoculation, you know, you, you're starting to now reduce all the uh, components which might cause anxiety. And of course, as we know, anxiety creates panic and it burns energy. Uh, and then, then you're suddenly in that spiral. Yeah. Uh, it's not a shame spiral, but you know, there is no shame in being scared. Uh, but you're in this sort of spiral where you're getting more exhausted. The more exhausted you get, the more you panic about it. You know, we're talking about the lack of oxygen thing. So what you would do if you were taking someone to the cribber or Paul Levin is paddle them out there on a flat day mm-hmm. you know walk, dress rehearsal basically before you go on stage okay, yeah. and do that as many times as required and okay so they've done that they've seen it all above the surface now what about if you go under the surface yeah and you know we've been talking here about breath holds and this type of thing and you know we, we've done a lot of free diving around there and you can start to then really pick it all apart and demystify it so that you know that there's not these great big caves under there which are going to swallow you up yeah. or the kraken down there or something like that. You, yeah. you just know what it is. So then when you finally do go out there, you're quite comfortable. One of our coaches, he, this Frankie, he went out there the other day. And uh, he's, you know, he's been, I don't know if he's been surfing 10 years yet. I don't think so. 
So anyway, he's, so he's not, not old enough to, is he? He's not surfer <laughs> yeah. yet. He's a, he's like the, I tell you what he looks like. He looks like Forrest Becker uh, when he won Wimbledon uh, uh, before the problems. What is it uh, at the point he won? Yeah, literally that's at the point. The, yeah. So the joke is that he uh, through quantum tunneling, Boris Becker dived for his match-winning point and transmitted to 2022, where he now works for us as a surf coach. He's been with us for years. He's one of the ones we taught. Anyway, he's done so many coast ears around there and yeah. paddle tours and everything else that the last day it was possibly going to break a couple of few Sundays ago, he said, oh, I'm going to paddle out with you. And he just, I said, all right, well, you should do that. You go all the way around. You can go and surf Bristol then. He's like, all right. And then he, we got all the way out there and it was even. And uh, he just stayed out there and he sort of, I showed him the lineup spots and he sat there and he was surprisingly comfortable hmm. uh, for someone, you know, it was his first time out there and it wasn't a very yeah. pretty day. Yeah. And he knows so much about that. He knew where he was. He knew where he could get back in. And, you know, and a lot of that is psychological. I think that's a massive learn. thing for ocean confidence is having that plan B, that yeah, emergency action plan, because that goes a, a long way to calming your mind in those situations where if things are going downhill and you could easily spiral, yeah. you know, downwards and start to panic. You burn up your oxygen faster. Whereas if you know, you know, I've experienced this before in a controlled environment, I've got my emergency action plan. This is where I'm going to get out. That's mm. where the current's going. I'm going to follow the current. I'm going to let work with the sea, work with nature. And yeah, it, it that's going to kind of, allow you to calm down and allow you to get out of those situations or not even get them into yeah. in, in the first place. Yeah. So would you say then, how does that tie into, that's planning and prepping for a spot you know, you know you're going to go to. To use today as an example in a spot that we shall not mention, <laughs> um, not that it was, not that I was at all panicky or nothing, but it's just the first time I've surfed that spot. Mm. So I think I, had, I was in my own mind space a lot more than I probably would have been other spots so I'm like I don't know where I am I don't know what's under here I don't know what's going on I don't know the lineups I don't know how it comes in I don't know how it breaks and I think a lot of that because I actually pulled off one left which was probably a really good left probably um, right in front of you probably right in front of you yeah <laughs> um, but I just I just fannied it like for absolutely no reason at all but that so where does that tie into the spots that you've never been to would you say to to do the prep work on the beach while you're there before going in or in the lineup or well uh, you know my theory on this is when time is short so you've got we go back to these three components you've got fitness technique and knowledge mm. and you can call those physiological neurological or whatever you want different labels uh, the, the fitness one is really a long long time coming mm. it's going to take three months really before you see much difference so you know say like you're getting ready for winter and it was we're back in we're back in August you start someone starts doing 30 press ups a day Every other day, that's going to have yeah. a. That's probably the best thing they can do. Uh, so technique, you know, that's going to come a little bit quicker. That's a bit like learning to play the piano. You know, yeah. at the start you're like plink, 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 and by the end you're playing three blind mice. You know, mm. no real changes in the body. The knowledge is the one thing that, that has the potential to land instantly. You know, an instant change. Watch a YouTube video. You know something different. Someone yeah. explains something to you. I know it. I know your name. Whatever it is. Uh, also, knowledge can take a long time to accumulate because we know this because it takes kids ages to go through education. Yeah. So to, to answer that then, it, I mean, it's, I guess if there's a situation where you're just driving around, you know, an unknown coastline, oh, there's a wave, then yeah, you're going to just have to watch it for 10 minutes. Mm. If you know that you might be surfing somewhere the next day, then you can do, you can do your desk-based desk research. Yeah. Yeah, you can do your desk-based research. I would probably go and walk around that spot 
you know start to desensitize desensitize yourself as much as you can uh-huh. get there you know find out where you get changed whatever you know where you get in where you get out like a little like a ground truth thing if you like yeah yeah, yeah. so you, you what you want to do is reduce all of these things coming at you so you've only really got one at a time which is the wave now if your time is really short one of the biggest factors is going to be the crowd uh, so the, you know you've got the pressures of you know lack of oxygen which we i guess we're just going to call it you know, drowning i know yeah, it's okay. not drowning we're just going to call it yeah, drowning yeah. For simplicity and then the, the other big stress factor is usually the crowd especially in a place like that because you've got people scurrying around mm. you know back into the spot where you want to be you don't really feel like you want to sort of elbow your way in because you're a little bit unsure uh so how, how are you going to deal with that um one of the best ways is to talk to people uh get a conversation going you know oh you know uh, obviously you're going to have the weather report in your head because all surfers do you go oh, tomorrow the wind's going a little bit more westerly I'm, you know, I'm just around for a few days what, what, which of the main beaches yeah. would be a good one for me to go to you know just not like oh where's the best secret spot just a simple question like that is such a great yeah. icebreaker because you, you're asking someone for help you know yeah. it's a bit of a you d- yeah, kind of defer- sure, yeah. yeah and they're like yeah. oh this guy's alright and it's always worked for me uh, and then I think to understand that you know, you've got to be really unlucky to to find an asshole in a crowd. You know, most people want to have a good time. Yeah. And, you know, and the better better the surfers are, you know, the the less stress you're going to get from them. You know, you might get a sharp word if you do something silly, but it's it's not personal. Yeah. It's, it's what you expect mm. at a, a place like that where safety is a concern. So I think if, if people are concerned about, you know, aggro from other people, well, it's usually the person that's got a disconnect between their own ability and uh you know what, what they see what they see themselves as yeah you know that they they see themselves as being better and they know really that they're not that good so they they, they can't have a go at anybody else you know they can't have a go at somebody who's better than them mm. because then they're going to get kicked out the surfing pack for, for being a, a jackass so what do they do they're going to have to pick on someone that's that's new smaller younger yeah different in some way almost as if they feel it's a right of way sort of yeah this yeah. is a whole yeah so that that's that can be i think i think it's like the motivating factor for you know what people might call surf rage people like going nuts at other people is they're insecure about their own position frustrated in the surfers frustrated surfers mm. yeah who think they're better than they are so yeah. there was a great study done with about chimpanzees and there's there's two of them just checking out what the amygdala does in terms of like responding to fairness or perceived perception of fairness you've got one in this cage and one in this cage and they give this one a grape and they're like, thank you and they give this one uh, a stone it's like right and they give this one another grape it's like thank you and give this one a stone it's like and they do it again and they give this one another stone he just loses the plot mm. and it's this perception of fairness he thinks think, things aren't fair it's not getting his share yeah so it absolutely goes mental and you can you can see that you know if someone thinks well I'm a really you know I go I think I'm an amazing surfer you know I deserve to get the best waves I really do and who's this guy I don't recognise him and he's younger than smaller than me and he's definitely yeah. from out of yeah, town yeah. and he's just had a really great wave well that's wrong now I've, I'm the chimp who's been getting the stones and that's the chimp mm. who's been getting the grapes and they lose the plot yeah yeah whereas if you know really what you are then you know if your expectations are in line with your own abilities that tends not to happen so much I think okay so I've, I've I think if someone's really losing the plot, then they've got, they obviously they do have a problem. I think, I, th- <laughs> yeah. I think surfing is one of those things where you have to be really honest when you hold a mirror up to yourself. And yeah. like, you know, like they say, a lot of people really don't like to do that and like l- hold a mirror up to themselves and really look at themselves and see what they like. But 
if you're not honest in it, it's one of those you're going to get in trouble very quickly, either through mm. someone or a situation. But like you're saying on that earlier, like it's probably not ideal to turn up with your mates to a spot who just say, "Oh, we're going there. We don't know where we're going. All right, that's it. Bang, get in the water." Equally, well, you know, around. if you can make it out back, then you deserve <laughs> to be there. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's going to happen, isn't it? You're, gonna, you're definitely going to have those little strike missions. But you have. That's also a part of learning, though. You have to. You know, I've ended up in a horrible position where you think, oh, I'm further out than I want to be. I don't know if I can paddle back. And you make it back. But it's such a, well, as long as you take something away from that, whether that be awareness of yourself, your surroundings, where you are. It's a learning curve, isn't it? I always say whenever we do the sort of advanced lessons and um, particularly with guys who are a little bit concerned about the conditions sometimes or maybe even not maybe it's just a day where it's head high it might be clean it might look lovely to me but to the next guy he's kind of inside freaking out and Mm. of course doesn't want to doesn't want to talk about it oh no no i'm fine yeah so kind of asking them a couple of times how do you feel how do you feel and um I, i and i always say you know the the way to um sort of learn the quickest especially in surfing and these kind of um sports is to be on the edge of your sort of confidence right because if you push it too far you take two steps back you frighten yourselves or you you've taken too big a bite of the cherry and you know whereas if if you're on the edge of your comfort zone you could be taking two steps forwards you you've achieved something Mm. now that you didn't think you were going to at the beginning of the day you know everyone can go out and sort of waste high mush and and catch a few waves and feel good How much have you actually learned there, though? Probably not as much as if you went out on a head high day, a bit bigger, um, and sort of pushed yourself that little bit more. And I think, yeah, being on the edge of your comfort zone, that's that's where you learn. Yeah. Oh, I'm literally learning here. <laughs> I like to be comfortable all the time. But in fact, again, I can relate <laughs> Don't to Don't we all? <laughs> I have friends that will take me out. I'm, I am always happy to say, nah, I will happily not put myself in that position. But on the times where I have whether it be through, I don't want to say peer pressure because like I say, I've got no issue in saying no. I don't, I've been through enough to not lose any face of or something mm. like that. Um, so, and what I have just gone past that and gone and, and sent it and got smoked or not, I, I know I've learned so much from that, but it's still hard to always want to put myself in that position, you know, because like you said, I don't want to take two steps back. Mm. I, th- I think you, you, especially when you're you're pushing yourself hard, and going back to what Dom was saying about Cribber and a lot of big wave surfers say it, your mind's got to be in the right place, your body's got to be in the right place, and they've got to be connected. You know, if your body's not feeling, if your shoulders mm. feel a bit tired from the gym or judo or having three good surfs over the last two days, um, you. That is going to affect your mind, and yeah. then you, you're sort of like you're on the back foot from the beginning. Almost subconscious are looking for excuses. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, well that. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> when, when me and you surfed today at Spot Unknown, um, Pete's body was in its happy place. Yeah, I was he was sleeping with in the back of the van. He was asleep <laughs> in the back of my van. <laughs> I got that. I got that, and I looked at it, and I had my longboard with me, and I just looked at it, and I went. Nah, yeah, that tired. wasn't a place for a long yeah. board today. Yeah. I don't think there no. was many, was there? No. Really? No, there no. wasn't. No. But I think that what you were saying then—that is a really fine, really fine line of between pushing yourself to or pushing yourself slightly past your limits and then going right over it. That mm. that line is so fine. Where you know, I've been out, I've been out in waves before and like thought, oh, I'm all right with this, and then all of a sudden you're like, I'm not all right with this. I, like mm. you, you're out there going, mm. I got to get back in now as well, and you know 
that comes back to your dynamic assessment, doesn't it? You turn up at the beach, you, you, you've got 10 minutes, say, after work before, um, before you need to get in, otherwise light's going to run out. Yeah. And you're kind of like, you haven't looked at the rips, you haven't really looked, you might have a 16-second swell period and you paddle out thinking, oh, that's a really easy paddle out. You paddle out, it's been fairly easy. You see a set looming on the horizon little did you know it's actually like mm. twice as big yeah. as what you thought it was going to be and yeah. all sorts of troubles looming now yeah, so definitely yeah yeah it's uh, do you think it's harder in this country as well because other countries yeah you know, i'm not to say all other countries but a lot of other countries where people go to surf you get a certain wave and they go oh, i'm going there because i get it same wave every single time whereas in this country where well, you just look at today and yesterday the mm. difference in just shifty peaks days. yeah yeah I totally would say that. I think uh, there's a bizarre, I don't know, it's not bizarre, it's actually quite well-deserved reputation that, you know, Britain doesn't have great waves, but then it does, yeah. you know, mm, and yeah. it's, it's sort of universally applied and people hear it and, and they go other places and they time it well and they get, you know, they see waves that, like they've never seen. You can get waves like you've never seen in this country, you know, it's stuck out in the middle of the Atlantic. Uh, I think, you know, when you've got like a seven meter tide range for, for one thing, yeah. which most places you're going to mm. surf don't have that unless you go into the Channel Islands, it's even worse. Yeah. If it's no good, wait 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, you get the, we get frontal wind systems, so you don't get trade winds. So they're completely, well, they're not randomized. They're just not predictable in the long term, like a trade wind is. Yeah. And then you get, you know, you get swell from different directions and different, we get such variation. We can have a five second period swell and we can have a 20 second period swell. Uh, you know, I don't know too many places where the same beach can get that, that spectrum of conditions. It's, it's going to yeah. be absolute bobbins or it can be so good. So that's when I think multidisciplining is really, really useful. You know, even if it's just getting a bigger surfboard and having a smaller surfboard yeah. or yeah. taking up body surfing, like, mm-hmm. you know, you were speaking to Steve at Carmel doing what Jay does. He does all those different sports. You you can learn it. You can learn so much. You can learn so much that way. So you you've always okay. Just adding wind sports for one. Yeah, you know they're really quick to learn. Yeah, especially if you surf hydrofoil. Just, people, you know, they go, "What's he going on about now?" You can edit this bit out if you want. But, <laughs> I, have you know. he foiled? And I had the best time yeah. ever. I went in with a negative perception, and immediately I was like, "This is way too much fun." It's so much fun, and it's so quick to learn for a surfer. Mm. Really quick to learn, like three sessions. I think the problem with that that people have is often people take the foils near surfers who are like surfers and swimmers and stuff like that. And you just think if that thing comes near you, it's just going to see. I haven't seen that, and I I think particularly around here, the the foiling community, we have a real thing about you know stay away from surf zones. And to be honest, it's a completely different wave as well. You know, you you're looking at comparing. um, it, It would be like riding your little five seven fish at tahiti to yeah. ride a foil down on fistral beach on a three foot plus day yeah, yeah. see i was in Bude beginning of uh, it was march i think it was or it may have been in the summer i can't remember beginning of the summer anyway and someone was in amongst the people like literally mm, really? on a foil cutting in amongst like swimmers and like surfers and stuff like really close to the shore and it, like People just stood there going, oh, my God. And I think that's the type of thing why it's got a bad name because people have done like that stuff like that straight away. It only takes one, yeah. doesn't it? It only takes one, yeah. it's true, yeah. One to spoil it for the masses. Mm. I, I wanted to come back a little bit, just talking yeah. about comparing sort of our waves to, you know, I guess, continental waves. 
and, and please tell me if you disagree, but I feel like there's a bit of a common misconception and people think that beach breaks are the safest spots to go. But I personally think that's a massive misconception because the consistency of a reef or a point break, etc., etc., how that wave breaks, tumbles and moves forward and dissipates its energy quickly um, is quite consistent over a lot of beach breaks. Exactly like you said, can go from everything to nothing super quick. There's no consistency as to what's going on there. And I think it's actually a lot easier to get in a lot of trouble, in my experience, in a beach break than elsewhere. I don't know what you think about that. I think you can feel, you know, like say you're paddling out somewhere like Watergate Bay, can be, you know, on, on, when, it, when there's quite a swell run and it's quite an overwhelming experience. I think you definitely get overwhelmed on these beaches. There is no way to... fun paddle out. (laughs) Yeah, it's just the worst of all of them, isn't it? Uh, You know, and that's... There's just nowhere to hide with it. You know, reef breaks, of course, you've got the ability to just paddle... Round it. Yeah, paddle around it or paddle out to the side a bit and sit there and just watch it and learn. And, And a reef break doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be a slab. No, it can break exactly the same as the slopiest beach break you, you, you've ever wanted to surf, and and likewise, beach breaks can be incredibly. Well, the, in fact, in my experience, they're really the you know the most violent break in places. Mm. You know, the, the slabbiest sort of waves I've seen have probably been beaches. Ultimately, apart from really strange, really strange yeah, places. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, th- I think uh, if you take it as like standards, because like you know, odd places that no one's going to go there anyway. Mm. <laughs> but, yeah. You know, yeah, so like the standard, like your standard beach break, like even something like um, I remember years ago being in, um, I think it was down in Zenon Cove, and like standing in the water and just having my feet ripped out from underneath me, mm. and it, like five minutes before it was absolutely fine, you know. It's yeah, you get the volume of water coming into a beach as well. I mean, you suppose you get the same volume of water coming into you know coming into a reef break, but they've just got those deeper channels around the side. They tend to dissipate after they're done in front yeah. of where it breaks. It tends to just dissipate mm. into nothing, whereas opposed to that sort of rolling, um, sloppy um, wave, mm. it just keeps going with that same energy, not really dissipating anywhere. And you've got the predictability of the of the rip currents, you know, reef breaks versus mm. a beach break. You get the flash rips, big tides coming in over sandbars. You know, changing things quite dramatically. The sideways sweep. So, to, you know, specifically around Cornwall, you know, the, the beaches can be can be quite terrifying, really, because you get the... It seems to be, I don't know if you agree with this, Jay, that the pushing tide has a stronger effect on the flow of the water than the dropping tide. Like, things get swept up. Yeah. And they don't get swept down as much. So, you know, when Boss Castle flooded all those years ago with the shoes. I was like, there. Oh, you were there? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that's just, that's a correlation. It's not causality. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah, so. so all the shoes ended up at Westwood Ho. You know, they ended up up the beach. And, yeah. you know, people, I've known friends, they've lose, lost a surfboard at St. Ives and it's turned up at Watergate. But when everybody knows that things go up, mm. probably because the return current is a bit further out to sea, I don't know. So when you have like that pushing tide and the southwest wind and you're on a north coast beach and it's pushing you over to the cliffs on the right hand side yeah. where you don't want to be, yeah, it's a really, it's a really nasty experience. Yeah. I do, I do agree. Yeah, they they can be vicious, vicious places. We just see how our lifeguards are working, you know. Yeah, totally. Yeah, through the summer. Yeah. And um, I was just curious as well. It's not something all a lot of surf schools probably run. Talking about the ocean confidence stuff. I'm assuming there was some sort of inspiration to want to include that within the business. Yeah, so it's really coming back to those other sports. Mm. Uh, so I was really into kite surfing for, for a long time, and specifically the, the wave riding type of it. And what that does is that takes you somewhere like 
well, Watergate Bay again, great example. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you could have a really big swell coming in there and across your wind from the left when you're looking out to sea and you're right out on your kite with a surfboard perpendicular to the wind. So you're just going straight out like you've been taken up by a jet ski. And then you're suddenly way out the back and then you're riding these waves downwind. Now, if you go all the way down to the north end of Watergate Bay on a four-meter swell uh, with a 30-knot southerly wind, that north corner is an absolutely terrifying place to be. Yeah. And the rest of the coastline until you get around to Morgan Porth is equally terrifying and Morgan Porth isn't much better. So that is where you'd come in though. Yeah. The, so if, what happens in kite surfing, if you ride out, you crash your kite if you're a long way out, it's not going to come up straight away. You've got this mega downwind drift and then you've got decisions to make. Do you ditch the kite because it's now pulling you? Do you relaunch the kite? Oh, you maybe relaunched it, but in the meantime, you've drifted 150 meters and now you're at the north end of Watergate Bay uh, with all sorts of problems you know, in your mm. immediate future. Yeah. So <laughs> we had to think about what there was me and a f- couple of other friends. You now know Smiler and Will mm. Bennett and those guys. And we were, we were sort of finding our way with all of this. There wasn't really much of a blue. There was no, no, nothing to follow, to be honest. Yeah, okay. And in those days, there was also a lot of sand at the <laughs> And that was an incredible point break uh, for kite surfing in those days. And we had a just sketchy situations. Nothing really went wrong. So, yeah, we had to come up with ways, emergency action plans that yeah. you could call on in an instant and it really simply is just ditch the kite don't worry about that that will get washed in got your harness on turn it around so the spreader bars on the back and you can line your surfboard and paddle it in at least you've got your surfboard of a leash yeah yeah, that was the way home and it's always worked you know so you again you do need that background fitness though to be able able to paddle back in so what the first ocean confidence course i did was for kite surfers specifically because i knew of kite surfers around the uk who were finding that they could kite out into waves and then having all sorts of problems and bad situations. Yeah. So I did the first one for free and I'd been editing kite surf magazine for five years by that point. So I was, you know, I was well known in the community. Uh, I just put on a forum one day. I said, I'm going to teach everything I know about kite surfing and waves on a two day course. It's free. Okay. Yeah. 10 people turned up and uh, they said that was good. And then then started charging from there. And so the ocean confidence course came from preparing kite surfers for waves because right, yeah. they normally like to kite and bump and jump yeah. conditions or lagoons. Yeah. And it was like the birth of a, sw- yeah, a bit okay. of basic oceanography, that type of thing, uh, going through the rescue techniques, just getting them paddling, swimming three ways, whatever. And it's modified now as we, our customer base is primarily surfers. And a lot of it will be uh, someone who wants to maybe, you know, go and surf Fistral when it's six foot yeah. or, you know, they, they want to go down to um, Portugal and surf some bigger waves mm. in the winter or whatever it is. Or they just want to put their own surfing on a bit of more of a upward trajectory because yeah. they sort of flatlined a bit. Some people, it's, you know, it's just not an issue for them. All they're concerned about is can they get enough rotation on a turn and the confidence <laughs> yeah. is never a problem. Some people, you know, they're not too bothered about that. They just want to feel more comfortable in the water. So it does sort of change as we learn as well, uh, you know, and it has input, of course, yeah. from, from from all of us. I mean, I'm just sort of skipping around a little bit here and I'll, I'll stop in a second, but to give you an idea, you know, just a level of the sort of talk about these desktop surveys, uh, Jay made a spreadsheet, which is just brilliant. And it's just, just of all the, of all the features that happen at different tides on a, on I'm a, I'm proud of that. Yeah. Well. It's a great thing <laughs> of, of, of a co-steer route where okay. we can take the clients and you can type yeah. in the tide height and then all the features, you know, are on, mm. uh, and, you know, it's having that sort of level of detail. I think people really appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, and, and people that, you know, 
He's a great surfer, by the way. I know, I've seen him yeah. today. I was blown so away. I'm not, I don't Thanks have that natural flair. I, I might have actually <laughs> got a video of you today before I went to sleep in the back of the van. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. His camera's yeah. amazing Brand new board. Well. Yeah. Brand new board today. Birthday board. Birthday board, birthday oh, barrels. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Darchy board. Yeah, it was the Darchy board. Yeah, it's, oh, it's yeah, really good. I saw that board as well. Yeah. yeah. I've picked up on it, yeah. Yeah, it's oh, the board. Mm. I'm going to... Um, I, I can't quite move away from this. Uh, yeah, I haven't really answered it either. <laughs> no, no, no. The, no, the, the ocean, just being confident because, again, it, it's such a thing for me. Like, I work on my surfing a lot. I train with a specific surf training coach. I do everything I need to be doing. The one thing... I can't change, and so I was, I'm curious if I was coming and doing a course with you guys, um, and you know my breath hold increased, my confidence increased, everything else, so on and so forth. I have, and what I've established is actually it's become a psych- psychological thing. I got smashed up in Iraq in 2005 quite a bit, and for years I said the two permanent slip discs in my lower back are the reason that I can't pop up properly. So I tend to knee up unless I'm feeling super fine and I can pop up. I then established, not that long ago, making like a lockdown isolation creation video or a strapped, uh, uh, what did I do? It was a shortboard. Longboard. It was, no, no, no. It was a shortboard for me to a longboard skateboard. And then like February, I, I skated it down a slipway in board shorts in Scotland <laughs> into the water. But making that video, I realized my pop-up was exactly how I should be teaching a pop-up on a surf lesson. So I thought, What's going on there? And I had tried every version of a pop-up that you can imagine. Um, and I realized it's become a psychological thing. Mm. One thing I realized, the back is a bit of an issue, but it was probably more of a, I've put that in my own head. So I just had to bring my hands as far down my body to give me that little bit of reach. And on land, I can do it perfectly. I, I use a pop-up surf pro, do it properly. In the water, at the start of my session, I'm fine, but psychologically, I can't quite get past it, even though it should be easier because the board's facing down, I've got more space, um, but I just still can't do it. So coming in doing that stuff, how can you take somebody to bigger waves if that's their goal, or steeper waves, more critical waves, if there's a physical restriction that, whether it be psychological or not, they can't seem to get through? Well, it sounds like, to me, uh, you're, it is psychological and i think particularly uh, and again where we were surfing today it's not an easy wave just to go there and and catch 20 30 waves an hour um they're a lot steeper they're jacking up a lot faster um and i think a, a lot of a lot of the time you go into fight or flight mode and we talk about this quite a lot don't we um and you're kind of if you've ever had a really good wave and come off thinking oh that was really good and then you paddle out and you've completely forgotten it that's because mm. your body yeah. your mind is all in fight <laughs> or flight it's working on what's happening right now mm. and forgetting about everything else so it, in that kind of situation your body is then going back to muscle memory yeah and what you've done and um there's a local osteopath that that tells me quite often um, to do certain exercises and, and things like that because your nervous system has a memory. And even when a um, when an injury is healed, mm-hmm. your nervous system is actually saying, oh, there was a problem with that before. Yeah. Don't lift your arm in that position again. Yeah. Don't lean over that way. And you've got to almost retrain not only your brain, but your nervous system to say, you can do this now. Yeah. It's repaired. It's fine. Um that sounds like your particular scenario to me. Um, but I think we just have so many different ways of, 
of teaching things and, and using different equipment as well. I mean, um, we we actually get quite a few really good surfers as well that they're not as confident as their ability is, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. So, you know, they're surfing really well and, and they, they then they say to you, you know, I'm just not that confident in the water. And for me, I, I, I can't get it I because I'm super <laughs> confident in the water. And then, you, you know, it's it, it doesn't, for me, it, it doesn't connect. But obviously this person has that problem. And, and so I think teaching certain ways of getting out of situations and then controlling the environment. Mm. So one example, which I've used in the past is, um, someone who was worried there was, there was an accident a few years ago where someone's leash got tangled when they were paddle boarding. Um, and so they're really worried about that. I said, right, okay, we're going to reenact that scenario. So they put the leash on, they dived under the water, touched the bottom. I stood on top of this paddle board and basically, I mean, I told him I was going to do it, but I pulled the leash up really hard as if a wave or um, the current was pulling them away from the board and sort of give it a few seconds and then let them come up if they didn't do it. And just basically training that same scenario over and over again and, and making little tweaks until they've got it right. So now their muscle memory's got it. Their, their knowledge is there and, and I think that's the, the real only way you can do it is, is teaching muscle memory, teaching your nervous mm-hmm. system, teaching your brain. Um, and, and that's, that's the way I see getting over those hurdles. Yeah. Okay. Let's just turn that like a therapy session. <laughs> it yeah. kind of feels yeah. like it, doesn't well, it? The fact, it? <laughs> the fact that you said you, you, you can do it and then as the session goes on, then it starts to degrade. Mm. So, you know, performance does degrade with, uh, fatigue. Yeah. So you know, if you came to just basically, if you said like, my pop up's good and then it starts to go bad, um, I would be like Jay says, you know, looking at introducing stress incrementally somehow. Yeah, if that was at all possible, that would be the ideal scenario. Baby steps. So you, you know you're good at this, and then we're going to increase the intensity a little bit, and we're going to do that again and again. Are we likely to find those conditions? Probably not. Uh, <clears throat> I would start off drilling yourself i don't know how often mm. you pop up in your spare time just at home going through that yeah yeah and you do it quite a lot yeah yeah uh i would maybe consider taking you for a session on a bigger board for a change i don't know what board do you normally well so that's the thing so i did i got telling you to ride a long board no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, i'll go from sort of five sevens to five elevens but depending on the, the, mm. the you know conditions etc see i but, think you need a bigger range than well, that I do, to though, get I, the most normally out of. i'm on a six two and specifically to recite some of my own flaws i'm aware of in surfing uh got onto a 6.6 BP mini mid-length to reset some of them problems because mm. I was aware as well that, you know, if I can get that little bit of forgiveness in the board, then I can, you know, it gives me that bit more to do the practice pop-ups properly. And I was getting there um, and it did it, done what I wanted it to do. And the interesting thing, I guess there's two other parts of this, is that I, when I was working at Fisher Beach Surf School, I went out with the senior instructor and Ollie, I think uh, terrible, I forgot his name. Um, we'd done a bit of an advanced lesson and, and he asked me what I thought my problems were. And I said, pop-up's the biggest problem. That is my biggest problem. And it was the confidence in the hold downs was the other part. He said, hey, pop-up won't be a problem. And then we eventually inevitably got onto the pop-up because it was a problem. And I didn't realize at the time what he was doing. I take off on a short board pretty much with the long borders for the reason that I know my pop-up's a little bit slower even though it's a weirdly smooth pop-up like you see me go down a massive face on one knee still popping up that's that's actually quite hard mm. but 
I take off early because I know I need that extra little bit of time to then get set. So I'm still kind of then at my feet where people would be maybe paddling onto the wave. So that created a scenario of it's 50-50 because I'm so deep, I might not catch the wave or I might catch it. So, but that had its own mindset problems afterwards as well. And um, so Ollie started putting me on the wave as it was breaking, like a lot later than I want to be taken off and established it. Actually, when I don't have time to think, my pop-up's fine. You just do it. And yeah. I don't want to put myself there, though. That's the thing. I'm still <laughs> in that mindset of I want, I wouldn't say an easy rolling. Like as an example, when I go to the wave, if I surf at the wave when it's not like just howling green water, I take off. I forget the lines on the wall. I take off almost from the corner because that's the way I take off in the mm. sea. Like I like a run-in. I know I could just do a one arm paddle and take off, but that's not how I surf. So I try and keep it relevant. So there's this weird psychological, physical, psychological thing going on that, and when it's great, it's great because I don't think about it. Like I don't think about my pop-up when it's working, but the second I feel that knee again, it actually, I think it sends me in a little bit of a spiral and I can't get beyond it. It's really frustrating. So there will be waves that I won't want to go to based on that. I'm not going to pop up in time. So I don't want to be there. And that's a problem. But you've got, you've just said, if you do go into that, you do pop up. Do you want to lie down on the couch and tell us where this <laughs> came from? Yeah, show where show us where you're going wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, you just, you, you sort of answered your own question and answer that in asking it because you said, when you're thrown into a wave later, your pop-up's fine. Oh, does that mean I don't need to yeah. pay these guys for yeah. the advice? <laughs> you still would sort the invoice out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I think you answered your own question. Just right. take off later. Do right, that fine. tomorrow. Let's move on then. Yeah, just go for it. <laughs> yeah, just send it. Just send yeah. it. Because I, I think, like, even though the question you were, I'm sorry for answering your question, but like, the th- yeah, the, the, <laughs> you sort of answered your own question in the whole thing of that, where if you know when you take off later, mm. you're popping up. Just fucking do that, you idiot. <laughs> I feel like you're having a go at me. Well, it shows that the muscle memory's there. Yeah. You've just got oh, to get totally, yeah. get past that, that psychological block yeah. and just get mm. in and do it. And and that comes down to repetition, doesn't it? Just keep Definitely, putting yourself, yeah. it, to put it nicely. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That's all right. <laughs> so I, no, I, I, when you were saying the fight or flight thing a minute ago, I definitely get that on bigger waves. Mm. I often go to drop into them and I just get that, whoa, yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 and just pull off the back. <laughs> I love that. I do that yeah, more. Yeah. But like, I feel like it's like, I've said it before, but it's like the feeling of like dropping in on a skateboard into a mini ramp and then going to stand on the vert ramp and going, oh, no, mm. no, no, no. But, you know, you say like, what's the worst that's going to happen because it's water, but I, I've come off on waves like that. Oh, water. A lot of bad stuff can happen and of course, you know, you, there is a, there is that sort of the fear, you know, surfing's yeah. a fear sport, you know, not all sports are. It does have that fear component which motivates people and that's mm. also part of the thrill. And I think some people just get lucky, you know, yeah. they, they might not have a lot of talent or whatever else. They paddled out and they, they're flipping out, I'm just going to go for it anyway. And it works. Yeah. And they're like, oh, <laughs> bloody yeah. hell. Yeah. You know, and then that's such an insane feeling that, that they'll, they'll just always be looking for that every again. That. Yeah. Yeah. and they don't mind what happens and if you haven't been lucky and you were just like two dustbin lids to the left of that person you got absolutely mullered it changes you know you've both now gone down different paths Yeah. so there's an element of luck yeah. there is uh, just one thing I wanted to mention about the, the fight or flight uh, you know that's obviously a response that we need there's a really interesting 
and if people, anyone's interested in this, they should check out a guy called Dr. John Ratey. He's wrote an excellent book called Spark, and it's about the effect of exercise and neuroplasticity in moderating fight or flight. So exercise, physical exercise and physical fitness is a really great way. Just, you know, even if you're just going to the gym and you think it's really boring, uh, if you're getting your heart rate up, you're still entering into, it's the same parts of the nervous system, the sympathetic nervous system, which is still accelerating your heart rate. It's not yeah. just oxygen debt. Something else, you being out of breath isn't enough to make your heart beat faster. It has to be told to beat faster. And that's the same part of the nervous system which happens when, you know, a, a bear walks into the room. So, or your dog. Oh, the dog. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you get four mics shoved in front of your face and told, right, I'm going to sit here and talk about surfing for an hour. <laughs> yeah, right, there, get my heart rate up. No kidding. <laughs> On your birthday as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, physical fitness uh, and, you know, and, and training like that is a really great way to moderate that fight or flight response. Mm. Uh, they've yeah there's been some a lot of research come back from the states with the police officers there and they looked at the ones who had a harder time you know recovering from certain incidents and the ones that didn't and they found quite a, a strong correlation between like fitness and gym yeah. time and, and, and recovery so that you know un underneath I know I said right at the start the first thing I said was physical fitness isn't that important for surfing you know, it, it can help yeah, it can definitely help when it comes to moderating that fight or flight response. So you get like a cleaner, you get like a cleaner ramp up, and mm. it comes back down quicker the other side. Yeah, uh, and what you know, I know that when I've been le less active, you know, I've had it sort of come up a bit wobbly, and it sort of sticks around, and you, you've you've kind of got the fear all day. Then it takes a little while to sort of edge yeah. to come off, and then you know, when I've been a lot more active, I've noticed it will sort of come up real quick, and it will come down, come down again. Okay, that's yeah, a, yeah. that's a anecdotal evidence on a survey of one. Uh, <laughs> or if you're like me, you just walk around in a constant state of shock. Listen, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> know where you stand. Yeah. But you can find some good research papers so, or back that up. Yeah, I'm I'm going to swing it a totally different way now. And you were talking about Cribber earlier. Mm. Have you both surfed it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, what is well, it? Wait, wait. Have you uh, not? It's, it's a. <laughs> I thought we'd all. <laughs> you know the flight or fight. <laughs> I flew. <laughs> um, but what, like you say, going out and looking underneath. What, what's it like underneath? Because I think that's something that a lot of people have thought about and have never actually heard or know what it's like underneath the water there. Because in my imagination. It's a load of really fucking nasty rocks, just like ah. Oh, there's rocks. Yeah, there's there's absolutely rocks. I mean, the, you've got the nice soft kelp on top of that, though. But it, <laughs> it, it is. It, I mean, I've I've never hit the reef there. I don't know if you ever have, but no, Johnny Fryer did. Did he? Yeah. Oh, did, in there. Yeah, yeah, I've seen the picture. Yeah, there's a nice uh, shot of you surfing the other side of that's it. That's right. There. <laughs> yeah, there's a really good photo. Of that. Uh, yeah. So close in, it's really bad. Yeah, mm. obviously, you know, where the headland disappears into the sea, you know, and uh, I'm going to give it all away now. And <laughs> as, as you go out, it gets, then it gets deeper and then it gets shallower where it breaks. Yeah. So it's not this gradient that goes down like this. So mm. you'd be really unlucky to get pile drived all the way in. So there is like a trough inside of where it's shallowest. It's 10 feet deep on a spring low tide on, okay. like a, on a nought point nought. It's 10 feet deep. It's pretty shallow on the takeoff spot. Yeah. It does boil up there. As far as I can tell, it's really like a mound covered in kelp, like Jay says, mm. with rocks and yeah. sand in there. It's not like uh, a cave that you're going to yeah. get. It's nothing. To, it's not like the manacles or something like that. It's yeah. not too bad. It's not, not pipeline. You're not going to get dragged along the reef. No, you're not going to get shoved under an anvil. However, it is a wedge when the wave comes yeah. in. So there is a 
I was talking to someone the other day, and I, you know, he's oh yeah, it's, it's, the thing is with crib, it's just a, it's just a crumbly, slopey wave, and yeah, it is until it works properly, and then mm-hmm. when it works and you get a proper one, you know, I've, I've never felt a wave like it. So you know, I've been lucky enough to surf Tavarua and uh, you know some other great places in the southern hemisphere, and yeah. s- some really crazy places in Madagascar, and some good waves in Hawaii, not not pipeline, but sunset on good days, yeah, and. And I must say, I never felt push like it yeah. when you get one there. The first time I got it, I thought I thought the board was going to snap in half just with the, the, the speed coming down the face. Do you mean just, speed and energy? Or? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. speed and energy. It just jacks up so it's, fast as right. well, doesn't yeah. it? When, and you f- kick out of it and you feel like you've been struck by lightning. It's absolutely <laughs> mental. And you're like, oh my God. And the first time I did it, I got two ways. I was like, I've got to go in. I've just absolutely <laughs> yeah. f- overdosed and flatlined now. I've got to go in and sleep for three days. And process it yeah it's if you get a good one then there's been times when you can go out then you can get waves and it's just not that not that mm. special yeah but if you get a good one it is literally like being struck by lightning <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, i see see photos of people surfing it and i just think well first of all i think why <laughs> <laughs> yeah i still ask myself the same question you know but you can't help it yeah. if that comes down on top of you like yeah. I, I i can't remember who I was speaking to i think it was pete conroy before and he said about mm. um like going through a wave when it's that big he said what you don't realize is if that wave comes over you you're instantly at that depth under the water so the pressure is instantly like boom straight mm. on you and so it can throw you right off to where you are and what you're doing and like so as much as like I know you've said now like you know it's not like you're looking underneath it's what it is it's still that thing if you come off on that and that wave goes over you you're still in a pretty like whoa position you know but that's oh, yeah. knowledge and prep knowledge and prep so you and you, keeping calm you keeping calm keeping yeah you're gonna calm. snap a leash or snap your board that's like a fifty percent chance that's gonna happen yeah so if it's on the sessions when it's on every session someone snaps a leash or snaps a board mm. and there'll be three or four people out so you know the, the your odds are it's, it's really high yeah so yeah you 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 will get absolutely right thrashed disorientated F- funny enough you know you you sort of you're quite prepared for it yeah you're quite prepared for it it's it's like being in a it's, okay it's like being in a in a in an MMA octagon or something like that and then someone comes at you and goes for a takedown you know you're ready for it yeah. and yeah. you get body slammed it's it's all right whereas if you're just sort of in the library and that happens, you know. It really, uh, it really takes you. Someone just in the back going, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, you're not so ready for it. And it feels yeah. worse. So there's, you know, there's a psycholo- psychological uh, input of, of pain there. Yeah. You know, uh, so it's a bit like that. You're really, you, you're prepared for it. You, you're up for it. You're pumped. I must say though, if you're scared and you're out there and that happened, then it would be exponentially more scary. I yeah. think that situation would be. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's. You know, you, you need to be excited, but you don't need to be scared. Well, yeah. Yeah. You, you don't get the I'm choice. I'm scared every time I paddle out there. <laughs> yeah, definitely a high incentive of awareness. <laughs> yeah, there yeah are, absolutely. Yeah. But the the thing about uh, Cariba in particular compared to other big wave spots, I mean, you look at Piahi and all these other places, you've got helicopters and jet skis buzzing mm. around everywhere. You know something goes wrong on Cariba. You're on your own, That's it, aren't yeah. you? I mean, yeah. Yeah. no one's going to leave you to die on your own. But, the, you know, you if you you paddle into a wave and you're so far out aren't you you just looking back at land it's a long way to swim um i've made the swim with a half a board and it's even harder <laughs> with uh, sort of the back two feet of your board and two yeah. fins That's hanging you off the back it? yeah still is, it not, go of it, is it not a just oh, just 
ditched. Well, it floats, so... Well, yeah, that's it. I mean, that's that's probably... Sorry to go morbid again, but that's that's the biggest killer on our coast, I think. People thinking, yeah, I can swim much better than I can paddle, especially if they're on holiday. Ditch the board, try and swim back. You've lost it. You can sit out in the sea for days. It's been proven. People have been out for days in the sea, hold on to the board with the right gear on. Um, well, yeah, we had the guy up on, uh, from Makrahanish and the yeah. West Coast who yeah. was found Picked close up to Ireland. Ireland, yeah. 36 hours in the water yeah. and they said it was his kit and equipment that saved yeah. him. Literally just bought a new wetsuit and I, he kept passing out. I remember, you imagine two night times as well, mm. but just being able to see the, the glimmer of lights. But he, I remember his interview and it said he was, because he kept passing out from fear, coldness, everything else, he was trying to keep his head above the water so he was laid prone on his board but with his hands like holding uh. propping up his head to keep it out of the water like what, a level of thought to go yeah. through that in your own head like that's a battle I would have been right like there. Titanic goodbye Jack <laughs> <laughs> <Just> a, <laughs> what did you say earlier we were chatting earlier about that you know sort of fight or flight and um, people were saying about you know you get a big hold down and oh no um, yeah I just give up literally <laughs> you might as well. well that's, that's you the might best as well. thing to do yeah, yeah. yeah. Physics just do the work. give this up is, this is preserve oxygen yeah don't panic. So I've had it a couple of times and like people laugh at me when I go, I just give up because I literally do give up and think like, well, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> and, but that giving up, I always just come straight back to the surface then. Yeah, but I'm you're not, not giving up knowing that's about to happen. You no. actually <laughs> gave up. It just explains we can't, I just give up. Yeah. But what I like is, so obviously the let you boys obviously put a lot of prep into going out and surfing them waves and... But you, I guess the flip of the coin is the people that put no thought into it, paddle out and have the same experience, which I guess is maybe different in the mindset. Some people don't need to have that level of thought, do they? They can just go and do it and deal with the consequences. Or maybe they have the tools I've got a friend naturally. who, who uh, does that. I might as well mention his name. Uh, Tom Owen, you know, the, mm. the bass fisherman. Yeah. So he, he doesn't serve as much as he'd like to. I'm sure he won't mind me saying that. You know, he's a good guy in the water and he's been a surf coach and all sorts of stuff. And his big thing is kayak fishing. It's what he loves to do. Okay. So he's so used to being out at sea when it's rough and gnarly and everything. Mm, with on all his, his own. kit. Yeah, on his own. <laughs> right, on yeah. his own with his, you know, probably told his wife he's going to get the car service or something. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he doesn't do that really. Uh, but So yeah, uh, it was really going pretty good out there a couple of years ago. And he just turns up on his sort of eight foot all right I'm all right he only bought that yeah, board yeah. the night before as yeah, well wasn't he ready to go ready to go paddled out big smile on his face took off on one that was all good took off another one's board smashed right, he didn't get smashed he got ripped off his leg and he got thrown up the yeah. rocks didn't it then it got smashed lost and my set of fins my favourite thrust uh, no quads. it doesn't bother him you know so some people are just different they are different they're yeah. just different and I've heard that like a, yeah. a lot of times before about you know to to have to have that one of I'm going to go surf enormous consequential waves you'd have to be wired a little bit differently I think to anyone else would look at that and be like exactly like Pete said why yeah. <laughs> do you want to be in the other you know that's just a different wild yeah, in the I mean, brain yeah he's probably quite but he's so, then it's, I guess people do all sorts of strange things and you just think gosh could you do it could you yeah. could you stand up in a room full of people and read poetry out loud I couldn't do that oh I could definitely do that but oh, Trevor I, I don't even know if I want to be stood in the headland but when it's going off just my scariest thing is public speaking <laughs> it is absolutely oh, terrifying okay. yeah and day like I think it was like day five of this new job I started they said oh 
don't forget, you know, to prepare some notes for the for the town hall meeting, you know, <laughs> when all the staff get together. And I was like, okay, well, like a minute. They're like, oh, about five minutes, I can believe it. And I had to follow <laughs> the chief executive did his half-hour keynote speech. I've, that's the most nervous I've been in, like, I can remember. I suppose yeah. that goes to the thing of, you know, people prep. People yeah. just have that natural ability. I can happily stand up and talk in a room, not phased at all. But certain other things, like things like we said before, that just so I, I've made up in my head that that's scary. It's actually mm. it's not really scary. I've just got it in there. Yeah. It's funny. I guess it's just human nature. Well, what we find worrying. Mm. I agree, and I think I think fear and I think there's a link between. And I was, I'm just going to skip right, right off to a random one here uh, between like fear and addiction. I think mm. there's a, a link between fear and addiction, and I think that's because they're both, uh, you know, they're both st- irrational stories that you're telling you're telling yourself. So. You know, if, if 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 I'm addicted to cigarettes, mm. you know, I genuinely believe there's a benefit in me smoking cigarettes. You know, and if I'm really scared of public speaking, that's because I genuinely believe I'm going to be ostracised by the community, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm going to die on my own <laughs> as a human being in the wild, which of course is also not reality. Mm. And there's no reality in the benefit to cigarettes. But I'll make up these lies and I'll reinforce this belief. And if you're going to break down an addiction, you you have to examine every single thing that you think is true. You know, where did you get that from? What is it? What oh, smoking relaxes me. Smoking, you know, it, it makes it easy easier for me to chat. I don't feel so nervous, whatever. Okay, and then I'm going to go on to the next one and, and really, really uh, think about wh- wh- where's an example of where that actually happened? When did smoking relax me? Or when did it make me more yeah. confident? Or when did it make me look like Roger Moore or whatever? Mm. And then, then you do your analysis and you decide whether those things are actually true. And I think that when you're dealing with fear... Uh, you know like we're saying you've also got to look at what are these components of fear what really are they you know what am I really scared I'm scared of drowning I'm scared of looking like a fool I'm scared of the board hitting me on the head and then you go you've got to go down and you've got to try and match that up to where did that actually come from and then now is it really is it really true yeah you know yeah so you've you've got to you know your subconscious is going to take control isn't it and it's going to your nervous system is going to respond in a certain way with this fight or flight and that's because of in, it's not it, it doesn't do it in isolation it's all from inputs yeah that are coming in some of them are sensory inputs like temperature of the water the speed of the wave the thing the, how hard you've been hit the things you can mm. feel the disorientation and other the other these inputs that you know they're they're like kind of higher process ones um that you're actually thinking about that have informed your subconscious to, to, to feel it a certain way and so if you can disrupt that or you can change those you know psychological inputs to you know really what is the reality like if i stand up there and i was talking in front of these people and i start stuttering yeah i'm not going to get the sack yeah that can reduce it so there is this big retraining thing and and just you know going back to exercise is one of the best things you can do to put yourself in a state of neuroplasticity where that's more likely to happen okay so i i think that learning obviously okay that is the definition of neuroplasticity but say for example you, you go surf and you have a really amazing session and for the next two days you're a bit kind of you know lightning doesn't strike twice again does it and it's a bit hard to make it yeah. happen again or something really amazing has happened i think there's a lot of neural connections that are happening there and a lot of re- rewiring in the brain and all sorts of stuff mm-hmm. that's taken up a lot of energy uh so that's that's a really great way to put yourself in a learning state i think you know your brain suddenly it kind of wakes up that's a bad way of putting it w- when you're young you've got 
so many more neural connections and as you get to about the age of 10 they start they call it synaptic pruning where they start just nipping them down because you just don't need them all yeah. yeah you start to specialize and as you get older and older and older you become more and more and more specialized so the brain isn't in this constant state where it's oh it's just like you know learning everything all the time you'd be completely overwhelming mm-hmm. yeah i've heard something about that before like how the brain um fires everything when you try and do something new or i heard it in skateboarding it was on something and the guy said if you're trying to do like a heel flip and you try it 20 times first time you try it everything fires at once and then like five times in it's worked out actually i don't need to fire everything and it goes down and down and then when you go away and think about it for like five minutes it's still work you're still brain still working that out and going fire 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 actually i don't need that i don't Mm. need that until it like hones it down into just what you need yeah that's it yeah it's it's pretty mad it's mad yeah how it works Sorry, yeah. that was just my. Uh, that was my. That's a, you put it a lot better than I did. That's, that's <laughs> my. Uh, that's my ADHD. Now. That's <laughs> in and actually, I can relate to this story because yeah, I can see your intent yeah. as well. Yeah, but I see. I know stuff, me. You do. You <laughs> <laughs> say success is a lousy teacher, so I feel like I would take more away from a session where I keep digging a rail on a top turn or on a bottom turn, for example, than I would just going away and I had a mediocre top turn and bottom turn because I'm thinking more about that's what I've done wrong so the next time I do that I'm more in the moment of there so I feel like I'll learn more from probably having a not as good a session but obviously I won't have a good session yeah that that's funny actually because I've been thinking about that a lot recently especially with the judo coaching because for me at the moment I I've got to win nine more fights against black belts to get my black belt okay and um so I'm I'm doing a lot of sort of fights in the club and um I find I can to improve my judo I'm looking at ways that I can improve my attacking but then also if I'm not fighting the right people I'm not finding the ways to defend and I think that's the same with surfing you know and and exactly the same as what you were saying you can learn from Mm. doing a really good turn right that's how a really good turn felt that's how I need to replicate it next time but then you also need the flip side of that where you go, okay, that didn't mm. work. I need to not do that again. It's like me you know. cross-step. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, you know, going back to paddling out in a new spot, you paddle, you sit and watch it for a bit. You think, yeah, I'll paddle out there. You jump yeah. in and you get battered because you've just paddled in right in front of a peak. You didn't realize was there. Okay, I won't do that again. Mm. So you kind of, you need the, the positive and the negative, yeah. I think, for, for that you know improve yeah equally i think there's a lot to be said for if you if you surf a lot right and then you have a period of not surfing you boys probably don't know what that is living down here right but for the rest of us if you have a huge if you surf, if i get a week surf right and i am wholly aware of all the little nuances and issues i've got in that week when i have my best surfs is when i've then not had a surf for two weeks three weeks because if i'm in like now i'm down here for two weeks i'll surf every day hopefully i'm aware of all my issues so tomorrow i'm going in being aware that today i fannied it on a left fight or flight um to put it in your words but i'm now aware of that so i'm trying to get that back but um when i then don't surf i have a two three week period I'm not aware of the problem. So I'm not going into the water with any preconceptions of I need to work on this, that, or the other. And that first session tends to always be the best one. Because so your board's dried out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. So, it sounds to me like you need to work on your mental health. More. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no question of that. Well, it, could be, uh, it could be the, you know, the, the fact that your brain is, you know, you've, 
just like we've been talking about, there's this latency, isn't there, for learning? Mm. Uh, you know, there is, uh, you know, you've got the explosion of it and then there's this sort of long tail as it drifts off. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it could be that you, in the period of three or four weeks or whatever it is, two months, three months, you, mm. this ma- all the movement patterns you've been working on in the last surf trip have consolidated themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'd rather be surfing every day and not progressing than yeah. not surfing every day yeah. and having to wait four weeks for it. <laughs> and it could be that, you know, you, you've had that big explosion that, you know, the, what is it? I, I can't remember the how much energy and blood it's taking the brain. It's like a third. It's a, it's a huge amount. You know, when it's really going flat out, it's like taking about a third. I think it's a third or a quarter of your energy. Yeah. You know, it's, it's insane. Yeah. So, you know, if you're having these breaks and you're coming back to surfing, you know, day one, hell of a lot of stress on the brain stress in a good way uh you know it's doing an incredible amount it, it does does it have the capacity as the trip goes on to keep to keep working at that function well mm-hmm. a, a muscle certainly wouldn't so it could be there's an element perhaps of fatigue there and then the, when you've had this nice long break then the fatigue's not an issue and you, you, i was going to suggest that yeah recovery oh, i mean I, I can't i have to throw in alan t-rex arms adrenaline athlete i don't know if you come across him at all Who's this? he's an olympic strength and conditioning coach but he's right. now working with um surfing gb works with all the, the big dog surfers um so I, I do his program so i work uh-huh. with alan so surf fitness for me which used to be one of my bigger issues bear in mind my job you know i'm a fit guy in my job um but surfing never came naturally to me for the first time since I've been on Alan's program over the last year or so surf fitness for me is not a problem so whether I don't surf for three four weeks I've noticed recently is definitely not a problem because it's it's so surf specific the training so I don't think surf fitness is an issue for me it's just I think being aware of the problems I've had and I and I like to think if I'm not thinking about them they're no longer a problem until they become no, a problem. The surfing is meant the psychological. Oh right. Yeah, yeah, like neurologically, like the brain is using so much energy on day one. Right. That the, the, you, the, you know, the the nervous system gets tired. Right. Okay. Yeah, and that can happen in a really short space of time. So mm-hmm. if you've been in the gym and you're doing box jumps, yeah, yeah, for example, you know, the nervous system is getting zapped doing those, and you're not, you know, the 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 the, the muscles can recover within three minutes, but the nervous system goes, do you know. What? We ain't doing any more of these. Mm-hmm. And you, in the level you can jump to just goes down and down and down before your eyes. Right, yeah, yeah. I, uh, think, I think you've got that same thing, though, because like you said, like, like your earlier question, which was if you get pushed into it later, you can do it. If you're not thinking about it, it's not there. And I think you, 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 when you're surfing a lot, you're building them all up. You just, it's... To me, for, well, for my psychology degree. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm not a psychologist per se. <laughs> but if I was a psychologist. <laughs> um, but it sounds, sounds to me, just listening to it, like when you're thinking about something all the time, you're focusing in on those tiny little mm. things and you're making them bigger in your head than yeah, they actually yeah, yeah. are. So you're already thinking on them, thinking they're a problem. As when you've had a break and you've not been thinking about it, you come back in and it's just like... Mm. And then you give yourself a week to build them back up in your head again. It's expectations as well, isn't yeah. it? You yeah. know, if if you you're surfing somewhere for a week, you know, and you have a good surf on your first day, you might be a little bit more tired the next day. But your expectations are that you're going to have as good a surf. Absolutely, you yeah. might you know you might surf one day at a certain tide on certain banks or certain part of the reef that's really steep and so you're going quite vertical and then you come back the next day the tide's not quite the same and you're trying to go vertical again but actually the waves aren't really there but yeah because you're relating your surf back to yesterday you're not able to surf in the same way and i, I had that a couple of weeks ago i was trying to go too vertical and i messed up a whole two hour session just by thinking oh i can surf the way i did yesterday and 
So I think there's it's multifaceted, isn't it? It's there's just not a straight so lane, is it? No, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people say it. You know, they have a break and they surf better after the break. Definitely. Yeah. I think it's the same with study, though. You know, if you're sort of, you just need that mental freshness. Yeah, yeah definitely. Think, yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. My problems, I always go left on right. And right <laughs> <on> left. <laughs> yeah, I've never got. As long as you don't do it at the wave. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, someone did. Someone yeah, I saw that. Yeah, T Rex arms. <laughs> <laughs> often, it gets, often people think it was Alan that I just mentioned. He yeah. got messaged a lot because it, it looked, looked like, like him. him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, something we haven't spoken about yet is your men's surfing club. Yeah. Mm. And. Well, the question I asked you earlier was, did you get a lot of... I, I thought, honestly, with the amount of, like we said, questions we got before on, like, women in particular, on, on how women are seen in surfing and stuff like that, I thought you might get a lot of shit from starting up a men's only surf club, but you said it was the complete opposite. It was the complete opposite. Uh, we, we set it up. Uh, we, we came up with the idea, I think, last October or so, wasn't it? We, mm. We've been talking about it for a while. Yeah. Kicking it around for a while. Jay and I decided to go ahead with it, and then we have uh, two two other friends, both women, yeah. uh, who we make up the four trustees. They keep us in line. They keep us in line. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Rachel's a designer, and, and Eugenie's doing a PhD in Blue Mind. So that you know, the, and yeah. they're, they're people that you know I've known for a really long time. They're, Jay's recently become acquainted with them, but they're fab. So we put it out there. We did like a really soft launch. So we're doing a men's surf club. And we had a lot of messages from wives and girlfriends saying, great, thank you for setting that up. About time, very good. And also a lot of, po- you know, below, below the line posts as well in public saying the same thing. We mm-hmm. want to get our husbands along. And everyone's been f- yeah, really supportive about it. We did think that somebody might say it. There's five women's surf clubs or something in UK. There's, there's quite a few around. So, yeah. you know, the, I, I think people's... A lot of, I think everybody's just across the board saying, well, yeah, it's about time. Yeah. It's about time. As we were saying, we spoke to Alana the other day and she was saying they're doing, they do a women's surf club, but they're actually now starting to make it co-ed as well, mm-hmm. which I think is brilliant because there's always been, I've, I've seen loads of like surf schools and I've seen loads of women's surf clubs, but I've not seen, I can't even think of one that I've seen that is like a men's only surf club. Mm. And I think that's a really good thing because there's, there's so much thing like we were saying like about men's mental health and stuff, weren't we? There's so much of like when we did start to do a series on it and we were speaking to different people. Well, you, you explained. Well, yeah, I, I. So we we had a period I think last year when I got involved with the show, having been a guest and then came on as a host, and we had quite a lot of mental health stuff. And I always said that it always frustrated me that, you know, in, in society, we will put a day, a month, a week, you know, time period to men's mental health. And that frustrated me because for me, it's an ongoing thing. It should always be a thing. And we had a sort of solid couple of months where most of the episodes and people we filmed were somehow related back to mental health. And what I found, and I've got, you know, enough issues going on and I've recently done a post about something that's going on and you know and really express myself and how I was feeling and stuff but what I realised is that if I'm constantly aware of my own mental health it's fucking draining like I can't stick with it like I was down I was sad that's not how I was the same as well yeah yeah like I'm not saying I shouldn't be thinking about it because I need to look after myself but I, you can't do it all the time. I don't know how people can. Well, that's that's kind of why we started it in the first place. Is I mean, it, neither of us are um, psychologists. Mm. We we don't, you know, we don't um, pretend to know everything there is about mental health. We've done our um, mental health first aid 
but for us our way of of helping with this is we can be that escape just for yeah. two hours a week, come along, meet at the same time, meet a group of really great guys. We've got a really good core group of guys now who just turn up every week, regardless of the conditions, yeah. and just go out and have fun. And yeah. I think, you know, going back to um, what you were saying about there's there's women's surf clubs, there's no men's. Someone did say to me, you know, why, why do I need to go to a men's surf club? I, there's lots of men already in the sea. I can just go out and just be one of them. But I think what we really get out of this, this surf club is that, you know, you, you develop a, a social group. Yeah. Every, I mean, for the last few weeks, a couple of them have been going, getting lunch after the session, then jumping back in the sea again yeah. together, um, which is great because that's, that's exactly what we're aiming for. But, you know, you can... It, regardless of how good you are, if you progress and get that one wave, you're like, oh my God, did anyone see that? Did anyone take a photo? Was it a video? You got eight other guys out with you that are all hooting you from the channel or, you know, as they're padding out. Yeah, Yeah, and just that boost just for those couple of hours a week and just to leave everything else behind and be present. That's so needed. I find that so, again, relatable. There's so many things I've been, um, we've spoke about today. I surfed, I got a new board recently and I um, went and surfed St Andrews at one of the beaches and you know, surfing mates and stuff and the surf wasn't great I ended up getting out uh, an hour after everyone else had got out they went and surfed the other beach which turned out was firing it's not a beach we often go to but it was firing by the time I got there they were all getting out they're all longboarders they all got out so I ended up with a whole beach to myself it was just overhead it was peeling left and right it was amazing first time on the new board I had the surf for my life it was amazing but it was bittersweet because at no point when I came back out, there was, no one was, was I was like, no did you see fives. that wave? But there was yeah. none of that. Yeah. And I think that's exactly like you said, to be able to have that with people mm, and like-minded it. people, that's such a powerful thing. It's an amazing thing. Yeah. You know, you, that's one of the biggest things about going on surf trips. Mm. You go backpacking on your own. You it is up. like having a surf trip every week. Yeah, isn't you it? turn up somewhere, <laughs> yeah. you, day one of the hostel, you don't know anyone. Day two, you'll go for a surf. End of the evening, your best pals. Yeah. yeah. It, it's just what makes it, you know, you, surfing is built on uh, people hanging out well, that's, together that's like this week isn't it yeah. so I'm staying down with you in up there at camp yeah, up there <laughs> and um, all the people that are on that are with Mitch on army surfing they're all like like mates now already you know like yeah totally them, and, that's yeah. It. and I think I realised even just sitting here that you know, as much as I love army surfing I've been involved with army surfing for I don't know six seven years I've been an instructor in a club and mm. actually it's the thing out that I look forward to every year when we've got, you know, all the meets and stuff we do, all the trips and whatever else, maybe beginners weeks we're running, running. but to come down and have that, it's the same sort of thing. The camaraderie. Camaraderie, yeah. the, the getting in the water and having the stoke, the stupid mm. conversations, the laughing at each other for doing stupid stuff. Yeah. You can't, like you say, you can't buy that. And actually that's exactly what it is. Mm. It's faci- Yeah, it's facilitating it and it's just making it happen and you need a bit of, you just need a bit of structure and a little bit of discipline behind it mm. and then you, you just got to make it so people turn up so it's 10 o'clock every Saturday and of course sometimes it's high tide and sometimes it's low tide and sometimes it's awful and we can then do other sports like coast steering whatever yeah uh, you know, we can do like surf rescue drills there's always something to do you know extend the theory session a little bit more so it's just knowing that it's there you're going to get your surfing dose especially yeah. if you're working yeah. 9 to 5 yeah. you know uh <coughs> One of the other things that, well, a couple of things really that have, have sort of come out of it, I've been thinking about, well, we've been thinking about, because we, we launched it, we didn't know how it was going to work. We we were inspired to do it because 
like Jay says, you know, surfing's a great buffer for yeah. the shocks that have in your life. You know, if, if, if mental health is like a credit score, you know, it goes up and down. Yeah. You know, and sometimes it's on the way up and sometimes it's on the way down. Mm. You know, and you could, your score's at the same place, but it's going down or it's going up, whatever, you know. So some people, you know, we've met, of you surfing in a fantastic way to, to come back from, you know, really walking through hell. And, you know, you always believe it yourself that it's a really, a really fantastic thing. And when, but you've always had it in your life. You think, mm, well, maybe yeah. I could be a rock climber. It might be the same. And then when you see it's other people, it's not, no. <laughs> and you see other people, it really isn't, you know, and you see other people who've got into it and it's got them out of a really bad place. You're like, well, that's, that's maybe there's something we need to, to open this up to, you know, beyond the, like our lessons, are, they're a commercial rate. You know, if you're a working person in, in Cornwall, likely it's not going to, you know, you're not going to be a, a target customer. Yeah. You're simply going to be priced out of it. So we want, we've set it up for blokes living in Cornwall. Yeah. That's, that's the requirement. You just need to be a bloke and you need to be living in Cornwall. That's it. Yeah. Uh, and then you come on the regular and then the first session is free to see if you like it. And then it's yeah. 10 pounds afterwards for each session. And there's any kit, kit required as well. Yeah. So I think one of the things that w women particularly liked about it, I'm, I don't know if I'm just guessing at this, is that they perhaps people see this as a way, of, you know, community health. Yeah. So we've got men's health mm. and we've also got community health and we're all part of the community. And even if you're not a man and you're a, whatever you you know you're a child or you know you're, you're someone's wife there's there's men involved in your life yeah. yeah and even if there aren't there's men living next door to you and there's men you know working where you work yeah. so by helping one part of the of community you're really helping all of us you know if somebody does something up in bradford and has this absolutely amazing effect well we're probably going to get some so we're going to feel some benefit down here yeah. yeah something will happen it's not in isolation we are all connected yeah so We've really the way we see it is that we've we've picked a part of the community which has been underrepresented and perhaps underserved, and we're dealing with a specific way of of serving that part of the community. Mm -hmm. And so we don't, you know, we're not sort of sitting down and talking. We're not psychologists, like Jay said. Uh, you, you know, we we don't, we, we you know, we, we don't use any of these sorts of techniques. We go yeah. surfing. Yeah, we train people in surfing. We give them as much information as we can in the time we've got, and we don't hold anything back, and we push them. And we just make it nice and safe for them so they can really go for it. Yeah. So it it sort of selects for the people that come along. Yeah. So already it's selective for being Cornish, a bit, you know, living in Cornwall, we don't have to be Cornish and, and, and being a bloke. And then it's selecting for the people who want to surf like that. Yeah. And some people don't, yeah. you know, and they'll come along and they go, actually, that's not for me. Most people are stuck with it. Yeah. So I think it's that thing, though, isn't it? Like, we used to ask a question of, like, um, can you explain surfing? And we stopped because everyone just went, it's just like, uh, you know? it's yeah. like, and I think it's, it is that thing if I try and explain it it's that thing of where as soon as you're out there you switch off from every single problem and even if it's like helps you forget your problems for an hour or two before you've got to come crashing back to reality that's that's enough for some people to clear their head for the rest of the week so they can just handle the next week they've got to get through you know absolutely it, I mean if you're sorry I just no lost. go ahead you know if you're if you think we're constantly using water you know, it's it's we're always running out of water in our own bodies. Yeah. You know, uh, and then you you have a drink, and then you're no longer you know for that minute of time. You know, you're you're now hydrated, but your hydration levels going down again. You know, it's not it doesn't fix it. You can't yeah. fix your thirst. You have to keep drinking water. It's kind of weird when you think about it. Yeah, like we we came from the ocean. Fish don't have this problem. If you said, oh, you know, m m imagine you never had to drink. Imagine you have to drink. You say, I'm going to get a dog. All right, 
you've got to make sure it's got water five times a day. How the hell am I going to do that? I'm going to yeah. forget all about that. It's, it's a real strange thing to be tied to, yeah. to drinking water all the time. And if you don't do it for three days, you die. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, by, by doing this, you know, by doing what we're doing or people doing whatever they do for themselves, it is this maintenance program, almost like drinking water. You have to keep doing it. You just build it into your routine and, mm. and there you go. You stay hydrated. Yeah. I was just going to suggest exactly the same thing, just a slightly different analogy. And going back to your surfing, you say you, you surf better mm. after a bit of a break. You got six weeks break and there's no surf or you're not near the sea or whatever. You come back and you have a really great surf. And it's almost exactly the same thing. Just flip side. You're dealing with all this stuff every day in life. So go and have that break. Go and have that, yeah. you know, not yeah. six weeks, but you can have that two hours where you're turning your brain off, you're turning your muscles on, your body on, and you're saying, right, we're going to use that for a little while and mm. give this a break. Um, and, and yeah, it's such a powerful thing. It really is. And, you know, I, I don't really want to bring it up, but I'll, I might as well mention it. It's relevant. I made a piece recently. I wanted to do this last year. Um, my mum died of cancer last year, and um, you know, she had uh, cancer for 30 years, seven different types, multiple times. So cancer was always around my, you know, my family. I was always aware of it. Um, when she died last year, um, when well, sorry, when she got re-diagnosed with lung cancer, I knew this was the one that was going to get her. And I've always known that surfing, I said it's a cliche throwaway line, life reset. That's what I use surfing mm. for, for the stuff I went through in Afghan, standard on IDs, I've got Crohn's disease, all that stuff. That's my life reset. But when, when she got diagnosed, and I knew that was the one, I went for a surf immediately. The day she died, when I got the call, went for a surf and I wanted to try and at the time I wanted to make a actually wanted to make a film about it in the hope that if I could transpire that that expression about you know people say only a surfer knows the feeling but well, what does that actually mean though because if you're not a surfer how could you understand mm. that and what surfing does for a person and I just couldn't bring myself to do it and not that long ago uh, my other half was then diagnosed with cancer yeah. um, she's just come out of hospital last few weeks and I actually decided, you mentioned, we were speaking about Leighton before and what's going on. Um, he suggested to me that I sit in front of a camera, talk to myself, and he found that helpful. So why not? Kind of ties in with something that I wanted to do in the past. So I did, and it got a lot of, I actually didn't know if I wanted to use it, but it got a lot of, um, I was blown away by the level of people opening up to me sharing stories, whether it be publicly as comments or DMs. Some people said they never even shared these stories before. So what surfing can give me, if that can give anyone else in life, whether it be a good surf or a bad surf, just like you said, that connection, mm. going into the water, like there's nothing else in my life I've ever, ever come close to getting that same sort of thing, which is, I guess it's almost sad, isn't it? But I found that thing at the same time and I, I'd be nothing without it. Like, it's so important to me. I need surfing in my life. And I just think, yeah. But it's it's kind of an addiction in and when that surfing's not there anymore, mm. it, it is a very quick slope to start feeling like, oh, this is rubbish. And I, I think... Um, <clears throat> I'll buy a longboard. Yeah. <laughs> or a foil <laughs> or a kite or a <laughs> sup. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, I, uh, one other question for you on that. Sorry, I'll just like ask you a question on that. H how would you have felt if, like, on those times when you went for a surf, there you couldn't have gone for a surf? Would that have? Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know because I, I, I did. So if I couldn't have, it would have been. I, I wouldn't be able to be as maybe open about yeah. it, and I wouldn't be able to. I'm not one for expressing my feelings, even though maybe talking about it now, but. Um, 
the fact I was able to do that, it was actually really hard seeing myself back because I've never seen myself be like mm. that. You know, that was, it took me over a month to edit that thing together because I couldn't bear seeing myself like that. So I think had I not been able to go for a surf, I wouldn't have been able to do that. I wouldn't have been able to open up like that, yeah. I don't think. So actually that's the power, isn't it? Of yeah. what surfing does. I, th- I think with with what you're saying about surfing earlier, like I've done, like when I said no for rock climbing, I've done rock climbing, I've done... Me and Leighton used to have an extreme sports review website years ago, so we tried loads of different things. <laughs> and surfing is the only thing that would like is that that sex noise. That. <laughs> it's constantly changing, though, isn't it? Yeah. Nothing's ever the same. No two ways are ever the same. You can't go in one day and then be like, "Oh, I'll, I'll go for another surf mm. next Saturday at yeah. five o'clock," and it, it'll be exactly the same unless you live at the wave, of course, yeah. Yeah. and have endless riches. But um, <laughs> especially, like especially if you want to eat. But yeah, <laughs> but. It's always different. It's always changing. And you can't just, you know, you're paddling out. You can't just stop. You'll be yeah. on your ass on the beach. So you, you have to carry on going. You have to do it. And it, there's that relationship as well between sort of um, exercise and mental health. And um, I mean, Dom knows way more about all the, the technical insides of the brain to me and how it works. But um I, I don't know if you want to elaborate on that more than my bungling through it, but it's it, exercise is just so good yeah. for mental health. Well, you've got three things, haven't you? You've got exercise, you've got the outdoors, yeah, you know, and and social, yeah, social, uh, social exercise, outdoors, and just you know your mind switching off, like mm. more or less meditation, being yeah, yeah, and being in that moment, and all those things are good for your mental health. So. Yeah, you know, uh, I'd love to see a study on what a two-hour surf session, how long that could affect someone's mental health afterwards, how good that could mm-hmm. be on their mental health afterwards. It'd be interesting because they do it like you know, there's ocean therapy and everything now, where where people are starting to realise actually spending time in the sea, even if it's not surfing, even if it's swimming or just hanging around by the sea, is actually so good for people's mental health. And it would be really interesting to see that sort of study, like a two-hour, three-hour surf session. How long that? Mm. Not high is not the right word, but how long it lasts boost, for? Yeah, yeah that cont- positive contribution. I mean, well, you you think about like a really good wave you've had yourself, and then you know like a specific yeah. one, and then you sort of think back. You know, it could be ten years later, and you like still feels good. Yeah, you know what? What else can give you that? You know that sort of it's it's not like a winning something it's not like, you know you yeah, go okay yeah. i won it i'm over that now and whatever and i've been champion whatever yeah uh you know when when i think back to really good ways i've had i, I always think oh that's just so good it's the gift gift that keeps on giving yeah you know and, and that that's you know, you're measuring that in the years yeah there mm. was uh i think there's going to be some really interesting research come out of it now that we've got we've got a lot more people studying this sort of thing and there's a lot more people surfing and it's a lot more repeatable now with access to good equipment and locations and places like the wave yeah Yeah. Yeah. so you know you've got a lot of things there i think that one of the really this is a bit bit out of the way but one of the really interesting papers i read a guy did a uh he wrote his phd on self-perceived internal time dilation 
right? Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, it's my forte or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he was talking about how right at the limits, you know, the extremes of human, you know, endeavor yeah. uh, in in the, like athletic scenarios, how time slows down. Simple as that. Yeah, you, know, you get like matrix bullet time. Okay, and he he thinks that there's going to be you know things like surfing and freestyle rock climbing are going to be the areas to look at to find out really what's going on with that. Yeah, I saw, I saw interesting program on something like that actually where a guy got stuck on the side of a mountain and he was I think he was days into it like a couple of days into it and he said his brain sort of switched into this mode where he could see the path down the mountain on this rock face where he's been back to it and there's no way he could even climb up or down on wow. the thing and yeah there's some we're going to go into a whole different yeah yeah, we, yeah, we're not, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I mean well we've we've rambled on for yeah. long enough well let's, there's a time. few questions we normally like to ask though yeah um, and one being worst experience in this off or worst wipeout mm. well do you know what it's funny going back to the whole cribber thing last it was last Christmas Eve weren't it the last time I surfed cribber and we knew it was coming for a few days and I I'd, I'd got archie to make me a, a seven foot board which was it is under gun for cribber but i like small boards um and i complained about it for days and days i was scared paddling out i complained <laughs> paddling out dom's just in his zone he's about 20 yards ahead of me and um i just i didn't like it but Next day, all the photos come out, and I think I had the best photo of the day, didn't I? Yeah, so yeah. I'm quitting yeah. my uh, cribber career right there on <laughs> yeah, that wave, on one. that photo. And, yeah. and I think that's that's the one that sticks out for me. Is probably not the worst wipeout, not the worst, but certainly um, a prominent memory yeah. to go back to. Yeah, nothing really, nothing really bad. You know, I've had some really, really bad surfs. You know, really, where I've gone out of like, I'm actually in a worse place than when I went in. <laughs> you know? So, plenty of that. A lot of trashed equipment, but nothing, nothing too bad, you know. Uh, and that's because you do your dynamic risk assessment before you I'm get a boring desk, <laughs> desk research based <laughs> person. Yeah, that's right. Health There's no safety. risk. I'm going. <laughs> yeah, nothing. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, nothing been too bad, really. Best so. wave? That would be either cloud break. Or one of the cribber waves. Yeah. In fact, I know exactly which cribber wave it was. And it was the one where Johnny Fryer went left. <laughs> Very heroic. And I went right. And uh, there's a great photo that Jeff Tideman took. And we're both sort of, you know, we didn't, oh, I didn't man. know he was there. He didn't know I was there. Yeah. And then he he didn't make it, unfortunately. He's still with us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was about to clarify <laughs> that. I mean, I know Johnny. But he got, bodies, uh, he got mullied. He's funny, though. He goes, I was stiff for a week after that. But he's a farmer <laughs> from the Isle of Wight, and he says, all right. Yeah. You're, um, you're both in the same place on opposite sides of the peak, and one of you's the right way round, and the other one's upside down. Yeah, is the best exactly. way to describe yeah. it. <laughs> just, just before that, like I know few, who I'd rather be. Yeah, <laughs> a few frames before that, you can see, and he's got that natural flair because he's been British champion, you know, and he looks so good. And then I'm sort of looking a bit like a teapot, but it works. You know, <laughs> it got me down there. And uh, was that your crib? Or was that your best? No, well? I uh, like I said, I was sketch shitless, and I don't. Oh, I do actually know my best wave. I'm not. Um, Go on then, you go ahead. Well, what was your best way? Well, I really can't name this place, right? No, I can't. But it's one of those places that don't break very often. Towing. 
It's 15 minutes, 15 minutes <laughs> off of, you know, two hours of low tide. It was up the, up the, up the way a bit and it was, it was in the Hercules storm and went up there. This is so long. This is how infrequently oh, I, I get. It's the same spot. Yeah. And I, and I got uh, two well, barrels on the same wave. You, yeah. Well, you can bleep it out anyway. You bleep, yeah. <laughs> two barrels on the same wave. I couldn't believe it. And I'd been sitting there. There's 150 people in for an hour and a half and, and I got it. I was like, this is a fantastic. And it was a no, it's a left. So backhand for me, no grab rail. And I was, oh my God, I just got tubed. That never happens ever. And then I thought, I'll kick out. No, I won't. It's going again. So I got into another one. This is amazing. And I was looking, there's a guy with a video camera on the beach. I was like, this is, just can't get any better than this. And then uh, I was like, oh, I got out. I was like, first thing I did was go up to him and say, did you get that, did you get that barrel? He's like, which one? I was like, come on. You know, I just, just is, you know, I never get a barrel. I just had two. Anyway, he didn't get it. He didn't oh, get it. No. Oh, he didn't man. get it. Unless he did, he just wasn't, no, that guy stinks too much. If he hadn't asked yeah. me, I would have given it to him. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that, t- that was it. Um, I think mine, it, it turns out it wasn't because mine's a left-hander. It's a place oh, This I was a left-hander. To... Oh, it was a left-hander. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, it's the so same place. It probably is the same place. Yeah. yeah. Are you still in Cornwall or are you in Devon We're now? in Devon now. You can uh, buy postcards there. Limit. I mean, everyone knows where it is. <laughs> everyone knows where it is. Yeah. We can't say it, though. You can't say it. No. No, not as far up as that. No. No. Uh, all right, I can, oh, I can name the other three, but I'll name them afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. I, I'm still scared to say it, even though everyone knows. Like, yeah, exactly. You just yeah. can't do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think mine was um, mine's one of those point breaks that only breaks when it sort of gets over like six foot low tide, and it was again strangely it was Christmas Eve, and I used to surf it a lot with um, Jaws and Ruben Ash, Pete Ash, yeah, the boys in that area and this one day it was just a mega low low tide and there was just like the reef was just poking out of the water all the all over the place but you know when you have those sessions where you just feel locked in you can't you cannot do a thing wrong no matter how hard you push it no matter what you try you just cannot put a foot wrong clarity and no (laughs) (laughs) but it it was one of those i mean i i couldn't point out i couldn't tell you an exact wave but just that one session so three four of us out early in the morning and um yeah just just so good i mean such a good session amazing so um where can people find you online and uh surf sanctuary type that in yeah and then you can contact us that way on the instagram yeah, on Instagram, not too frequently. Surf Sanctuary Days on Instagram. Uh, yeah, you, you can just type it in Google and it'll just pop up really nicely. Uh, yeah, that's the best way. Best way is to just send us a WhatsApp or something. With, and, the, uh, with the, ve- yeah, the, the vehicle, vehicle trust. Yeah. The vehicle trust. So uh, we haven't, um, like I said, we haven't really pushed it that hard yet. We just, we just want to get you know people come into it we want to get the wheels turning get it turning over yeah. so if you want to come along to the vehicle just best way to find us is reach us through surf sanctuary again mm-hmm. just yeah. send us a message send us a text email whatever's easiest doesn't matter anything but facebook messenger because probably won't see it yeah, yeah uh, same as everybody else same now. for us yeah yeah <laughs> instagram message is fine yeah, yeah. do that yeah. just yeah. give us a holler it doesn't matter and then just come along yeah yeah Perfect. Yeah. Well, cheers, guys. It's been really interesting. Yeah, it's been really interesting. I really enjoyed yeah, it. I'm going to have to lie down so uh, on the therapy. I've <laughs> 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 got some processing yeah. to do. <laughs> right. Well, thanks for that, Jamie, Dom, and the team at Surf Sanctuary. The, Pete, there was a lot went on there. And uh, there, there really was. I actually could have spoken to them all night. And as yeah. people are probably now realizing, we pretty much did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. quite a long episode. But I think. 
we covered a lot of bases and yeah. a lot of topics and things that I've maybe never even thought about before. And yeah. the thing that my takeaway from that more than anything that I really want to do now, you know, I'm no business inspector per se, per as se. you know, right? <laughs> but I would love to audit the surf sanctuary business and I'll tell you why. It's just, I would love to see all the risk assessments and all that sort of stuff because oh, I reckon yeah. it is the most organized. I reckon even going for a cup of tea has the most thought out, most organized risk assessment that goes with it. All the chat we had about dynamic risk assessments and yeah. assessing the beach and stuff. I just get the impression, Dom and Jamie, it's not about being risk averse. Yeah. They're just well aware of everything and, and, and it's really at the forefront of everything they do, yeah. which probably transpires to the fact of why they're doing what they do, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm coming to audit you. I <laughs> <laughs> just want to get out of Newquay for a week. Again, yeah, that's my excuse, yeah. <laughs> but um, when when's this one come out? This one comes out Monday. I'm trying to work out my dates in my head. So after this one, we should be, there might be one more, but then we'll be up on a uh, Scotland trip after that as well, won't we? We have got, yeah, the next UK surf show trip and we're going north. Or, we're going north. Oh, I'm, I'm going north. You're going north. I'm not really moving. Yeah. <laughs> well, I am moving because you decided to get a bloody plane that lands at 8.15 in the morning, knowing yeah. that I'm not a morning person and I have to come and pick you up at 8.15 in bloody Edinburgh. Cheers. So, 20 minutes for you. It's not 20 minutes. You said 20 20 minutes. minutes. Just down the road. So we've got some... Yeah, we're there. We're doing some filming with the Surfskate Academy. Look forward to that. Yes. Um, And yeah, we've got some great guests lined up uh, and and I'm really stoked to be doing this. Um, I mean, they're all based in Scotland. I'm not sure they're all Scottish. In fact, I don't know if they are. I mean, don't matter. As long as... Yeah, but I'm wondering if I'm going to have to do like manuscripts, translations, and stuff like that for me or for them. (laughs) For both. (laughs) For me asking the question. Well, you can come and you can come and get your chip space back. Ah, that's it. I'll take your Um, cup. I will. I will. Uh, Yeah, we got. You know, we got a great trip up there lined up so far. We got some really good guests coming up, and we're still working through some of the new key episodes. We still got. um, We are. Yeah, I mean, there's, 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 there's going to be a point we have to slow down <laughs> yeah. because we're going to have more content than we've got months in the year. Yeah. Um, but equally, you know, I, I think accidentally we've maybe sort of started a thing. You know, we've kind of done Newquay, which is obviously a big basis for surfing. Yeah. We're about to do Scotland. You know, clearly we're going to have to do Wales. We're, we're going and to have Ireland. to. And I, yeah, exactly. We're going to have to just get around. Morocco. And obviously we'll have to do Australia. Yeah. Um, we'll have to go up the Ritz. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not so fussed about Nazareth. <laughs> if you're just, surfing, I'll go. Yeah, if that's go the, watch. Yeah. Uh, I would love to go watch, man. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so this is exciting times. And, you know, we should thank, actually, off the back of this, the supporters of the show, because without that, we wouldn't be able to go and do these things yeah. and uh, bring you this fantastic top five downloaded podcasts on the planet. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> I can't believe you're still going on about it. It's, it's a big deal, mate. It's know, a big deal. Just, it was just funny that, that I sent you the thing and it said top 5% shared uh, podcast. You're in the top 5% of shared podcasts. And then you just change that to we're in the top five downloaded podcasts ever. <laughs> what I've been doing. I, I wish that all the other streaming platforms released because I guess the way that Spotify released their stats 
yeah. is is quite probably a fun way. Yeah. You know, at the end of the year, everyone gets to, they get that sort of story, don't they, of yeah. everything they've listened to for that year, the top yeah. stories or, or songs and whatever. And we kind of get the same thing for stats and downloads, don't we? And that's how yeah. we know, you know, that where we sit in top 5% of globally shared, which is the actual thing and yeah. podcasts on Spotify. But I wish the other platforms done the same because although we can get similar information, it's not in quite as fun a manner, I don't think. No, you just can look at it and it's just a number. It's, it's just boring. a number. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit boring. And um, I, so obviously, as as the listeners will know, I've, I'm, I'm almost, in fact, well, this one will be out before I'm actually out of the army. I've only got, well, le- just over a month left officially. Yeah. Um, so clearly I've been applying for jobs. I started applying for jobs, not like social media managers, that content creators, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, so, you know, give me a shout, Scottish Surfer. <laughs> and, but what I've, I've included that in my CV, you know, our stats from the show, because yeah. actually it's quite an accomplishment, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's a big deal, I think, you know, it's yeah. relevant. Uh, and uh, yeah. And do you know what? I was looking through some of our old content for something and I really want to do a Q&A again because yeah. it was a lot of fun. One. We can't do another one yet. Yeah, we'll, do, have... we'll do another one later in the year, I reckon. Would you think we would have to theme it? Well, I don't know. Put it out there. You know, if you've got an idea out there of what you think we should do a Q&A, mm. um, chuck us an email, chuck us a message on Instagram yeah. and uh, – We'll take it into careful consideration and then probably go in a different direction completely. <laughs> Forget about it. I mean, if the Q&A theme is that, you know, what would happen should Pete surf Nazari and then we actually physically go do it, I'm down for that. Why, why is it? Why is every of your ideas seem to put me in danger somehow or dis, me at a disadvantage? You always make it though, don't you? You always get through. Oh, yeah, that's it. You do. Um, yeah, so, well, we should say, like you were saying, supporters of the show, you can go over to our Buy Me A Coffee and become a member there. We've got some other discount codes going on. GoPro. Um, yeah, GoPro discount code going on. And there's some other ones I think I can't think off the top of my head. I never can. I should be more organized. Um, and also, if you could go to our YouTube page and like and subscribe to our YouTube page, that would be a great help. Um, for Because the amount of subscribers on our YouTube page compared to our downloads are a big, big difference. It goes a long way. Uh, people can even leave in comments liking and subscribing all of that stuff actually goes a long way and enables yeah. us to create more content for it yes and um, yeah. so i guess you know this was a long enough episode without people now listening to us droning on yeah, <laughs> about ideas that are never going to come to fruition yeah <laughs> yeah well the scotland trip is on and that we will be in scotland well you'll be in scotland always because you live there but mm-hmm. i will be in scotland from so, the fourth yeah uh, Nicola Detergent said she'd be ready for me to uh, <laughs> meet me at the gate. I heard the red carpet's coming for you. Yeah, it's good, good. And uh, yeah, so what's it? The fourth Saturday, the fourth of February to the tenth, I think it is. Or the, yeah, the tenth, yeah. which should be the Friday, I think. Yeah, something like that. Friday night. Yeah. So yeah, five days in Scotland, and I'll be. Uh, I was going to try and think of some Scottish saying that I could say then to be. All, all you're going to be is doing my tits in, yeah. <laughs> living in my house. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of my fucking house. <laughs> I don't know what that was, but yeah. Should we finish on the discount codes? Yeah, go on. <laughs> Back to you in the studio. <laughs> I know it's a podcast, but I want to say that. Yeah. So <laughs> if you want uh, 50% off from Adrenaline Athlete, uh, head over there and use the discount codes surfgym50 if you want 50% off the gym edition annual membership 
And if you want 50% off the home edition of that same program, use the discount code SURFHOME50. And yes, once again, Surface Wetsuits, S-R-F-A-C-E. Go over there and you can get 10% off anything from Surface Wetsuits. So not just wetsuits, but gloves, boots, hats. I don't know what else they sell. I haven't even really looked. Uh, and use a discount code UKSURFSHOW22. That's the number 22. And that will get you 10% off at Surface Wetsuits. So yeah. Boom. That's pretty much it. Thanks again to the guys from Surf Sanctuary. Mm. And we hope you enjoyed this one. And we will see you next time with... I don't know who it is. I can't think who we've got. Uh, I think it's going to be the lizard. The Tashmaster 5000. Tashmaster 5000. Mr. Alex Mason Photography. Yeah, that's what I've been trying to do. (laughs) It's not working out well. Um, So if you watched it, you would have seen an Alex Mason surf photographer on the Army Surfing episodes. Um, He's actually very good at what he does, as much as I like to take the piss out of him. He is very good at what he does. I, I the first time I met him, and he's an absolutely lovely guy. Actually, lizard. Um, I think I said yeah. lizard. <laughs> he's an absolute lizard. <laughs> Still lost my hat though. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we'll see you next time with uh, Alex. And cheers. Bye.